0: And now it's time for the Motor City Maniac, the wit from the Mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens... Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder.
1: Good day, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, because it depends on when you're listening to this. Because so many places carry it. So many people listen to this all over the globe. And uh, either way, we're happy to accommodate. I am your host, Stephen Crowder, the most insubordinate producer sidekick and radio fun dip Dan is here
0: I thought you were finally going to admit it was the most insubordinate host insubordinate host no 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 this is my show this is
1: my show and I will fire you
0: uh I'll be sold you I'll have you know I am an Irishman
1: <laughs> so right off the bat with the slavery jokes that's always <laughs> that's always the best start to the week oh my gosh what a um What a non-busy week. But the fact is, there are actually some great stories to have come out of this week. So we'll be talking with a few people this week. Uh, Phil Advise of the very popular Advise Show on YouTube will be on. I know, Advise Show, you'd think it'd be called Advise Show, but it's Advise Show. We can ask him about it. Uh, Black American gentleman. You know what's funny? Leans to the left on some issues, but like a lot of black Americans, Christian, conservative. And so we want to kind of find out what's going on with him being a little of a conundrum there um seems like a nice guy smart guy and then my brother jordan crowder will be on to discuss the robert downey jr controversy which is of course everywhere Uh, outside of that you know there hasn't really been a lot going on this week in politics outside of uh, barack obama's approval rating uh gosh what was it uh McCain was was railing on Ted Cruz. I mean, I think he was railing on on Rubio, too. I've got it here in front of me. He's railing on everybody, that McCain. He's just a grumpy old man. He's a surly. He's just like me. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm grumpy. I'm old. Yeah, but you also didn't serve with honor and distinction.
0: I am serving now with honor and distinction. I love you now.
1: Serving in your Barry Goldberg rugby shirt. The hell is that? (laughs)
0: I was like, oh, I, oh, this is clean.
1: For those of you who don't know, Fundip is wearing, like, it's not its not quite a polo. It looks more like a short-sleeve rugby shirt with these stripes. Like, it's kind of a
0: Bill Cosby
1: sweater, but in a
0: short sleeve. This rug- is what they have at the Fat Man store up on Washtenaw. That's There's not that many choices. Is that actually what they call it, the Fat Man store? No, they call it the morbidly obese jerk shirt. Oh, okay. No, I th- I- what do they call it? casual dude or something like that. I don't remember. Oh. Well, they try and make it sound a little nicer than I guess it actually... Yeah, they, they, I, I think that they would do really good business if they just called it the Fat Man Store. The Fat Man Store.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'd have a clientele who'd be too happy with them. By the way, Fun Dip, show, sending you this clip right now that we're going to run. Uh, a lot of controversy. Fun Dip should know this because it was the Avengers at a press junket. So this has the internet all... A tweet, everyone lost their mind because in a press junket, Captain America, Chris Evans, and Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye from the Avengers, referred to a fictional character, Black Widow, as a slut. Did you see this?
0: Oh, I missed this. I heard that there was some controversy, but I was too busy doing other things. I didn't get the details. Oh, okay. Um, Do you have the clip going I have the commercial that goes before it. Oh, these
1: it. darn commercials that always come up online with these clips. Well, Okay, there those, we go. It
0: should be just... Yeah, about- I sent
1: it to you with time-coded, so it should be right at the right time. Just pause it, and let me set this up for you. This, just so you know. Now, it may sound inconsequential. Some of you listening on AM, terrestrially, more traditional medias, you might think, uh, why are we talking... Well, well it matters because culturally... This is much more influential. Culturally, this is a much hotter issue than anything in politics this week. This is everywhere. If you're not hearing about it, your kids are talking about it. So this is the infamous clip that offended feminists and PC liberals across the globe. Captain America and Hawkeye talking about Black Widow, the fictional character, Go. She's a slut. (laughs)
2: I was going to say something along that line. It's
1: a complete horror.
0: What a <laughs> trick, man.
2: <laughs>
3: Whatever movie it is, she'll just be the sidekick. She'll be flirting with oh, everybody. That's her.
0: right. Yeah. Just flirt with everybody.
1: So, that offended so many people. It was trending all over Twitter. People were talking about slut-shaming. And Okay, firstly, here's the thing. If you're going to take offense over a fictional character, you're far too stupid to be watching even the PG or PG-13 rated Avengers. I think the the plot lines, and I think Michael Bay plot lines might be too complex for you. Secondly, I don't get as offended when someone calls my mother a slut, as these people are getting trying to... Walk out in white night and feign
0: offense for a fictional character, and she doesn't dress nearly like that character. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, yeah, the the Black Widow character is it? Is it? Is she more sluttily dressed in the comics? No, uh, she. But I mean, your mother doesn't dress like that comic book. Oh, character. my mother. Okay, I thought we were talking about the Black Widow. No, my mother does
1: not. Uh, and you know, on Twitter, you get that stuff all the time. Here's the deal, too. Of course, everyone's talking about. Well, you wouldn't say a guy dresses that way. Listen, they make fun of superheroes all the time, okay? I mean, how many times do you have to hear jokes about Superman and his, his draws being over his pants? Uh, I mean, Batman, he's just a rich guy who dresses up like a bat. Robin was clearly gay. You hear these jokes all the time. And we don't, it's not like it's designed to be offensive. They're talking about a character who is dressed in a skin-tight leather
0: suit to accentuate and display her breasts. And really, you hope that somebody that dresses like that is kind of slutty because that makes her more interesting. Fun dip. (laughs) It's true. It
1: took a turn so quickly, this conversation. But you would assume she is, okay? Listen, if someone were to dress like Black Widow at a bar, (laughs) I mean, it couldn't get... Any more suggestive. I'm not, are you saying she deserves a. No, we're talking about a fictional character here, by the way. But this brings us back to the whole feminism, the neo, as, as uh, Paul Watson calls it, neo third wave feminism, right? It has, which has nothing in common to do with original, the original tenets of feminism. Here's the deal if we were talking about equality, you wanted to be treated just like men. The jokes you would hear about Black Widow. Would be much worse. Let me let me tell you, okay. Black Widow. Let's start with Black Widow. Then we'll go to the overarching cultural third wave feminism. Black Widow is standing there. Anyone who's watched these movies, okay? She's standing there with a a, a god from another planetary system, Thor, a c- cybernetic super soldier, a rich guy who has a suit that's virtually indestructible, can fly, and create plasma cannons. Uh, A scientist who turns into a monster who can destroy jet planes and fall from two miles up in the sky and still survive. And she has tight suits and a gun. Being slutty is the least of her problems. (laughs) Black Widow is a useless superhero who is included just so they can go, Oh, we tossed a broad in there. We well, that the,
0: demographic. One of the funniest things, though, is you see the original poster for the first Avengers, and they're all coming towards the you know the camera, basically. And right. then she's got her butt sticking toward the camera, looking all <laughs> like, hey, how you guys doing?
2: <laughs>
1: I love
0: it. It's hilarious. Black Widow. She has the superpower of ass. She had broccoli yesterday. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, gosh. Just the corny jokes.
1: So here's the deal. We're talking about that with Superhero. If you want to talk about equality, I also noticed this there was a video online from a feminist group. I, I'd have to find it again. Where, listen, I support feminism, and they say, you know, domestic abuse should never happen. I agree. But then it attributed it to patriarchy, to sexism. Okay. Let's be clear here. There would be nothing more equal There would be nothing more men and women are the same than a man on an even playing field beating the tar out of a woman who deserved it as he would another man. Now, of course I don't believe you should ever hit a woman. Why? Because I'm sexist. Why? Because I don't believe men should hit women. Okay, it is patriarchy that saves you. It is patriarchy that protects you. Because you can behave in a way that no man ever could. You can taunt. You can slap. Women can slap their husbands. And it's still never acceptable for a man. And by the way, I agree. My wife's not going to be happy for me to say this live. My wife has smacked me. And you know what? I deserved it. Now, if Fun Dip were to smack me, I would smack him back immediately. <laughs> there would be nothing stopping me from smacking frankly, you
0: Frankly, the, the women could take me, too. Well, matriarchy, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's like, I don't hit women because they would beat the hell out of me.
2: It's just,
1: it's a constantly moving game. Listen, let's admit that we're different and we're not all the same. And by the way, saying we're not equal doesn't mean one is necessarily greater than or less than. It's not a mathematical equation. We're saying that
0: we're not the same. That's all. Yeah, coffee is not equal to pizza. They're different. They're both good. This is true.
1: Surprisingly uh, helpful analogy from Fun Dip,
0: <laughs> which I at appreciate. At this hour, it's like, wow, he actually said something right. And this is happening,
1: and this is just an in- 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 indicative of a greater problem at large with the, the – uh, the Avengers deal, okay? Obviously, it's going to be a big film, a big release. So we think that for conservatives listening, it's important for you to know these things. It's important because this slowly chips away. And you know what's going to happen? Your kids are going to be in college, and their professors are going to say, "Well, what did you think about this patriarchal response from Jeremy Renner?" And your, stu- your, your children, if you don't talk about these issues, if you're going, whoa, those issues don't matter," let's talk about Ted Cruz. Let's talk about if you don't talk about these things and use them as opportunities to speak with people in my generation. You're going to lose them forever. They need to be equipped to go into their college classes and tell their professor, oh, I think that guy was joking. Kindly go fornicate yourself. They need to be prepared to say that. Don't you hit that dump button. I can say fornicate on the air.
0: Even I can say fornicate. It's a nice, respectable word. Yes, it is a nice, respectable word.
1: And speaking of nice and respectable, let's go take a break and then come back, and we will talk to you about Obama's approval rating from CNN and why they didn't really give you the whole story.
2: Surprise!
1: Louder with Crowder.
0: You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Visit louderwithcrowder.com.
1: Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com.
0: That's AR15.com. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. So glad to have you back with us.
1: Generally speaking, I'm glad to have you back. I'm not necessarily glad to have Funded back. <laughs> so we were talking about the Avengers because that's the really big story that's happening uh, right now. Tweet me, by the way, at S. Crowder if you are excited for the Avengers. You know, I like those films. The reason I think superhero films do well even though they're incredibly repetitive is because it's one of the few films generally speaking where people can go conservatives and they don't feel like they're going to get sucker punched with a uh, you know with a hardcore leftist agenda like you see in a lot of Hollywood. So that's kind of nice. And uh, we'll be talking actually about Robert Downey Jr. later on, who was sort of, I don't want to say outed as a conservative because he spoke about not being a liberal a while back, but this, actually an interviewer who I know, who I, I, I gave an interview uh, to this gentleman at the Value Voters Summit three years ago, and he was a liberal jackass back then. And he was interviewing Robert Downey about the Avengers and then tried to corner him on a quote about him being conservative. And Robert Downey walked out in the guy, so that was kind of cool. Um, But before that, let's talk about Obama's approval rating. I don't know if you've been watching this. This came from a CNN poll, so I know you'll say, CNN, it's biased. Well, it is biased, but it's important to know not only the approval rating with Barack Obama right now coming out from CNN, but also it's important to listen to this clip here, which Fundip, I believe, has queued up, and we will just listen to it and we'll come back and tell you exactly what it is they're trying to, uh, to sort of give it a tinge. Roll clip.
3: Right now, 48% to 47% of Americans approve of the job President Obama is doing as president. And that might not seem like a reason for him to throw a party or anything, but keep in mind, This is the first time in two years that more people approve. And about a year ago, that number was down around the low 40s. It's now at the same level that President Reagan was at at this point in his presidency. And to compare that, Clinton was at 60%, George W. Bush at 36. And more people are also feeling good about the economy. Right now, 52% of these people polled said that they feel the economy is in a good place right now. Well, that is. The first time in Obama's entire presidency that a significant number more feel that way than feel the economy is doing poorly. More people also feel like they're doing better now than they were a year ago, and 60% feel like the economy will be doing better a year from now. And because every poll kind of has that sad trombone moment, you know, the wah, 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 the approval rating for Republican leadership in Congress right now, 28%.
1: Okay. Okay. I love how the only thing she adds sound effect personality <laughs> to is Republicans aren't doing well. She's she's a reporter when it comes to Barack Obama, a pupil writing, and then when it comes to Republicans, wop 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 wah. She didn't even do a good one. Yeah, and I know. She, she had to explain the joke. You know, every, <laughs> since there's always, I always love this. So this is why I just can't stand news, cable news. I, I never fit in. You have to explain your jokes. Because it's an audience that doesn't understand entertainment, and because every poll has its sad trombone moment, you know, whop, 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 I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just so unfun. So, just look at the way she tries to accentuate certain parts of that poll, and then also, they're sp- they're picking a very specific timeline, right? They're going, right on this day, Barack Obama and Ronald Reagan. Oh, So this is a CNN poll, correct? Right. Why did you choose to conduct it at this exact moment? Could it be that maybe you were looking for an exact moment in the overwhelmingly popular Reagan presidency to try and compare it as though there's a comparison? Because there's none across the span of a presidency. I'd have to look back and see what exactly had happened with Reagan at this exact week in his presidency. My guess is there was something that happened maybe in the media or something that he did that wasn't necessarily a popular action. I have no idea. But it's certainly not anywhere near indicative. To this day, to this day, the media can't understand that America loves Ronald Reagan. They just
0: don't get it. I remember when he died. It
1: was, um, everyone in the media was talking like they were like, well, you know, a controversial figure, but... Apparently, a lot of these, you know, they're mourning him out of respect. No, they're not mourning him out of respect. They're mourning him because they believe he's one of the greatest presidents in our modern history. They couldn't get their head around that. They thought, well, we all hated Reagan, right? There's no way he was popular. <laughs> Do did you, did you remember that when Ronald Reagan yeah, died?
0: Well, luckily, I was working here, so most of the content that I got was made sense. You know, I didn't want to see a bunch of CNN stuff or MSNBC stuff. So uh, I I try to avoid well, that as much th- as you should pay attention to it as well. Do me a favor, Fundip,
1: okay? Don't say CNN, MSNBC anymore because, and this is this is why because then people make it seem as though it's just Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. No, ratings that are higher than all of those combined are you know the Brian Williams, CBS, ABC, so network news is still.
0: Oh yeah, CBS, ABC, NBC, yeah, the yeah exactly that whole thing. I I avoid it like the plague because I've just gotten sick of it and then I'll just right. use snippets or I'll I'll seek out pieces of it online but long-form I can't sit through it without well, just pulling my hair out
1: but you understand the point I'm making there's a lot of conservatives have picked the wrong battles Like, wow and you know why because it makes us seem as though we're doing better than we are they go well Fox News is dominating MSNBC and CNN well yeah but they get numbers that someone at ABC or CBS would get fired for with their nightly news so it's important to note that we're not just fighting Cable news. We're fighting all networks. And by the way, network non news. Things like, you know, Modern Family, shows that are on there. There's a constant ongoing battle for your mind. No conspiracy theory, no tinfoil hats. Just be aware, louder with Crowder.
2: Everyone likes to dance to a happy song.
1: Everyone loves to dance to a happy song most people i would hope they do i know fundip and i do and hopefully my next guest does um smart guy is very very popular on youtube and uh, we agree on some things we disagree on some other things but host of the advise show which you can go subscribe to on youtube advise show tv phil is it phil advise is that your name
4: no, sir. That, that when that was set up, somebody else set that up for me. But no, Philip that, thats good. <laughs> okay, Philip. I was like,
1: advice can't be his name unless he's gone uh, full Alice Cooper and uh-uh. legally changed it. Mm-mm. Well, you're looking good this morning, even though it's early. You got your suit and your well suit. You got your shirt and your tie going. Fun dip. You should be ashamed.
0: What? Oh. I finally decided to wear something with a collar, and you dissed it, man. That's true. All
1: right. So so Phil, um, you do a show on, for people who don't know. You do a show on YouTube. Um, It's pretty popular. You have hundreds of thousands, you have millions of plays and a lot of people listen to you and and, and hang on on, on, you know, the words that you say. Tell us really quickly, I guess briefly, what is it you're about? What kind of issues you discuss?
4: Um, You know, I discuss news and social commentary uh, based off of, you know, just what's right, what's wrong. um, And give, you know, someone from the black community's perspective on issues we see in the media. Right. Now, um,
1: I've also seen, you know, I've, I've watched quite a few of your videos. You're pretty openly a, a Christian, right? I'm not out of line in saying that. Oh, I'm very open about my Christianity, sir. Sure. Okay, good. Well, you never know, because sometimes we can pull a Robert Downey, and then you walk out of the interview because I cornered you. You're like, I didn't want to talk about that. Um, so we know that you're a Christian, and I've seen you, you know, address some issues. So it's, what's funny to me, Phil, and we talk about this a lot, you know, we've had— we have black guests on. Most of them lean toward the right. They're conservative. We've had both. But, you know, as a Christian, as someone who would be socially conservative, yet you seem to identify uh, as a Democrat, would you say, or would you just say liberal? How would you identify yourself?
4: I don't do my, identify myself as none of it. Okay. Now, I, I may have some views as very conservative. Okay. And I have some views that maybe we consider liberal, but, you know, I'm not. Uh, Would you call a liberal at all? Because I don't get down with abortion. Can't stand it. That's one issue that you know liberals, um, you know, push for the murder of kids. I love my kids to death. So well, also, I mean, we've talked about that. You know, a a black child in America
1: is uh, almost as likely to be aborted today as they are to be born. Did you know that?
4: Oh, oh yes. I mean, I did a radio show on uh, black genocide, abortion. I did that series. Right. And, um, you know, more black children have been aborted than murdered in any other way, uh, shape or form. So, right. you know, I'm definitely against that.
1: So does that affect your voting pattern then? does Is that a closed handed issue for you? Abortion?
4: When it when it comes to voting, I believe in voting in my own interest. So, if a Republican candidate is you know more so toward my own interest, then I will vote that way. If a Democratic candidate is more so toward my own interest, I vote that way. And do you you think voting in your own interest is the appropriate way for one to vote? Everyone else should vote in their own interest. Whatever is going, to, whatever candidate is going to bring the issues that's important to them, um, they should do that. Okay, so right off the bat, I would disagree. So let's let's
1: talk about that. Why would you say voting in your own self-interest is better than voting in what is um, within the legal parameters of the Constitution and best for the country?
4: Well, for instance, you know, like we'll take a person, a group like the gays. Well, they were going to vote for the candidate is going to push more so their issue. And they did that versus, let's say, maybe the Republican candidate at the time. There's nothing wrong with a person saying, listen, we need you to fight for this particular issue, let's say education, voting rights, et cetera. And if this candidate is going to fight for that issue, then why are you going to vote for a candidate that's going to say, no, I'm not going to even fight for that issue. It's not nothing I want to talk about. So uh, good luck, guys, on that one. You know, most people really vote for their own interests.
1: You know, I would disagree. I mean, we've had gay people on the show who who don't, gay people who vote on the economy or who even if they support gay marriage say, well, I can't just vote in my own interest. That's a state issue. Uh, I have to vote for what's best for the country. And um, I mean, that was kind not of
4: taking a generalized statement. I'm just using it as an example.
1: Right. OK. But you did kind of speak in a generality there a little bit that people, different groups vote in their own self-interest and. And. Do you see the danger in that a little bit? I mean, as someone who's a black American, I would imagine you can understand
4: the the dangers in speaking in generalities. No, I, I don't really speak in general. I just using it as an example. Okay. Any, person that's, any person that's concerned about an issue, why would you not vote for a candidate that's going to fight for that issue? I just I don't see how that's wrong. I OK, really- so like what issues to you would you say? What if not abortion? And
1: I ask you because you're a Christian. And you talk about how important that is. That's how we got on to here. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're saying that wouldn't be a main issue for you. What would be a main issue for you that would affect
4: the way you vote? Um, You know, I would have to listen to the issues the candidate is, you know, presenting. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think education is is a big, you know, thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the education system in America, it sucks. Um, I agree. What they're going to do with the economy, um, how that's going to, you know, bring jobs back to America. You know, all our jobs are outsourced, and everybody's losing, you know, work. Uh, they need to fix that issue. Um, all the spending they're doing. Um, you know, I really don't like all the foreign aid they're giving out, personally. You know, when Americans are starving and hurting, and yet you're giving out billions upon billions of dollars to foreign countries. Right. I could be president, because they probably would hate me, because I cut all that off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
1: I, you, you, you won't hear any quarrels from us on that. Um, so then, I guess— probably not a big fan of i mean barack obama has probably been a disappointment to you in a lot of those fronts
4: well barack obama has you know i I think some things you know he's okay on there's some things i just wasn't you know happy on um in a lot of instances you know but the only thing that kind of overshadows what i think about it sometimes is just a blatant disrespect that you know this man has received you know very nasty you know racial things i've seen that he's received it's kind of overshadowing some things that I well, can... what kind of racial things? Well, I mean, we all know that, you know, the president, anytime he does something, he's called all kind of racist slurs. No, I, I don't know that. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, he's called all kind of racist slurs every by time. By whom? His wife, you know, just people in but, general. But by whom? Has, his wife who calls has, him that? Who have racist ideas and, and racist mindsets. I mean, it's out there. It's not that very hard to find. But you so know. you're
1: going back to speaking in generality that I believe... I, and this, Phil, and we appreciate you coming on the show. When we kind of got into this pretty quickly, um, mm-hmm. we found some common ground. But I believe that if you're going to throw out the accusation of racism, Phil, you need to understand that as bad as racism is, right, racism is a terrible thing. I grew up in French Canada. Believe me, I understand discrimination. Those mm-hmm. people are as racist as can be. They hate Haitians. Um, that's another. That's a story for another day. If To throw out the accusation of racism is one of the worst things you can do you can destroy somebody's life so if you say that you have to substantiate it so who
4: so 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 basically what you're saying is if i have to name to you every single person i've ever seen online and people I've those, heard, those
1: people some guy on facebook i mean i've had people who say they're going to rape my sister even though i don't have a sister online that's not the same as talking about an overarching narrative of people who say racist things about Barack Obama, because we, I certainly don't see that majority. And statistically, that's not the case. Can, let me ask you this. Can someone oppose Barack O's, o, Obama's policy and not be racist? Sure. A hundred percent. And you don't but you don't think that's a majority of why people don't support his policy.
4: I, I'm not going to speak on the majority of what white people think at all, because I don't know what they think like that. I'm just talking about what I have seen, mm-hmm. stories that I have done, you know, even things that shoot even what I'm called every single day. Or, you know, on the internet, you know, i have called so many racial names. I think that's my middle name at times, especially the N word. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's part of things that that go along. I mean, you know, certain things that you know Barack Obama has done, you know, in, in certain things that you know people opinions of this man want to say, oh, Barack Obama's the downfall of America. I'm like, what are you are you talking about? I'm yeah. like yes, every every. I say it, when our government works all together. It's not one guy. I say you don't realize that the guy before him, we got into two wars, right? You know that drained the country of a
0: lot of money that Barack Obama continued. So that must be a huge disappointment to you. But Obama also has said he has his pen and he has his phone and he's going to go around the other branches of government, which does tend to make it sound like the downfall of the system that the founding fathers created. Well,
4: you know, executive orders has always been, excuse me, something that presidents has done. Most presidents, you're not going to agree with every single thing that they have done. I don't agree with everything, you know, a president has done, period. Um, But, hey, you got to take the good with the bad. But what if people say
1: there's very little good and almost all bad? I would say that you start that off with saying most presidents you said people who say that
4: it's racist that's what you started I did not out. Say that no did. oh sir I did not say the people that disagree with Barack Obama is racist I said that there are some people who don't like Barack Obama based on their racial discrimination I never said most but that people. was what you led with
1: you know you didn't I, lead, I, you did
4: no. you didn't lead with policy you led I, with I didn't but you asked me a question about if people who disagree with him uh could they be racist I said no, no. you brought
1: up you brought it up first
4: I stated yes. I stated that there are some people that disrespect Barack Obama right. and don't like him due to race, and there are some people that just disagree with his policies. So why bring it up if there's such a small minority of people? Why lead with that? Is my question. Is it because it's something that I see constantly? Okay. You know, I live on the online side a lot. I right.
1: Talk, and it's the t- the YouTube comment section is the worst part of the world.
4: You know, Twitter, um, different, you know, things I've seen. Like so I said, I can't recall the comment. It'd be like you asking me, well, how many times have you been called, you know, racial slurs or, or different racial uh, names? Well, no, I mean- it's,
1: it's not. It's not, Phil. And this is well, this is why it's important, because both Fundip and I have been called mm-hmm. racist. Mm -hmm. The entire Fox News Network, where I worked for four and a half years, was called racist. Mm -hmm. Andrew Breitbart was called racist. Every single time I disagree with the Barack Obama policy, the accusation is racism. You go to Huffington Post, every single story is about racism. And when you actually look at the numbers in America, Phil, racism is not the main reason why people oppose Barack Obama. So I think to lead with it is, it's, it's a trump card to silence voices of opposition by discrediting them as racist. One second Fundip is looking like he's going to have a heart attack if you <laughs> jump in.
0: One of the other things, if I if I make a comment about any given politician's policies on the internet, they start saying it's because I'm fat. It's like, "How many chins do you have?" I'm like, "What does my chin have to do with me not liking Hillary Clinton?" You know, it's it's very odd. But uh, certainly but on the internet, they go right towards the visual—what you look like, who you are—instead mm-hmm. I- of attacking. Oh yeah, and you'll hear no The argument mindset, speak. you know, it's very yeah. strange. Oh, well, I
1: can agree with Phil on that. The internet is the worst place, and the internet brings that out. But it's certainly not indicative of, of a political opposition
4: in the national dialogue. Well, you know, like my like my thing—I really don't jump into too much politics is one thing I, I know for sure politics and religion is the thing that everybody's an expert and not a lot of people went to school and none of it right so I, I'm also focused on you know like I said the news and social commentary uh, I mean I've, I've touched on politics here and there some things like I don't agree with Right. Um, I think the last time I really touched on something was about the Republicans writing that letter to Iran That's, I, really agree I with, watched that yeah I didn't agree with that at all I know uh, because why I thought out of line why do you think they were out of line well, you know, we have a certain way we do things in our government, and to sit there and write uh, Iran and, and tell them that you know you should you know work with us and agree with us you know on some things because the president's gonna be gone. I mean, that's just not no way to do business. I mean, that's you not were- really the way
1: the letter was was about.
4: Well, I'm I'm just giving you paraphrasing. It's been a while since I've done that video. Right. Like I said, politics is not my thing. I live. Well, in. I remember you were
1: really upset about that. And I remember you brought up a call to action to your people to, you know, protest, to speak to their local representatives. And um, you mentioned that it was unprecedented because Joe Biden said so. And Phil, the reason I bring this up, I hope you understand and I hope you can appreciate the healthy debate here is because you're a, a bright guy, you're a smart guy. And a lot of people care about what you have to say but you were wrong on that to use joe biden as a source and to say it's unprecedented to send an open letter unconstitutional is inaccurate let me tell you something that's unprecedented and we can come back and talk about the cultural stuff what's unprecedented since you mentioned abortion is barack obama being the only person to vote in his state senate to leave survived babies from abortions to die in linen closets live babies that is literally unprecedented an open letter is not. So I do think it's important that we keep all of our audiences informed. Um, and I think you're very smart and I think you generally do a good job of that. Phil, can you stay on after the break and then we'll have, we'll talk about the cultural stuff?
4: Yeah, that's what I'm here to talk about. Okay. Thank you, sir.
0: Louder with Crowder. We will be back. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Visit louderwithcrowder.com and tweet Louder with Crowder.
2: You're a strange animal. That's what I know. But you're
0: a strange animal. I got to follow. You've got it on Louder with Crowder.
1: Thank you very much, Fundip, for being kind. We are back with our guest, host of The Advice Show. You can find it on YouTube. Philip, thank you for staying with us. So um, I know you didn't want to do politics. You mentioned that's not your thing. You want to get into more cultural issues. So we're willing to talk about, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Mike Brown is back in the news because of the family suing. And uh, you said you, you hadn't heard about the Ferguson the Ferguson play controversy. No, I, I haven't heard about that yet. I'm going to look into that. Well, yeah, it's Philim and Mac, uh, Philim McAleer and Anne we were doing a play in Los Angeles based on the actual transcripts of the court case. And um, five actors walked out, so they didn't want to be a part of it. Hmm, I wonder why. Well, they felt that it was unfair because the transcripts, you know, uh, came out and were, were favorable toward Darren Wilson when you look at the, the testimony of the grand jury. So they walked out because they didn't feel that way. Um, so, so that's where they are. Have you read the transcripts?
4: Um, the whole, you mean DOJ report? Or are you talking about the the transcripts that the prosecutor put out? Yeah. After the case,
1: yeah, that the prosecutor put out. I mean, you have access to, yeah, all all of the reports, autopsies, transcripts. I'm just wondering.
4: Yeah, I kind of glanced over it, you know, a little bit, but just some just some of the whole thing, it, it, it just it just kind of that whole case just just made me just you know shake my head, you know, to be right. honest with you. Um, just some of the affiliations, just the attitudes. Um, you know, it just kind of sticking me to my stomach really on a lot of it. Uh, some of the reactions, you know, of people, um, you know, what were they saying about, you know, Mike Brown, uh, it just, just, it just that attitude. Like what kind of thing? I just really cannot, you know, stand, you know, always the, you know, black people are thugs, comments constantly. Well, no, but Mike Brown uh, was, uh, excuse me. No, not black people, but Mike Brown was. Well, I'm, well, you asking me what comments I'm talking about, and I'm I'm telling you the comments now. The the term "thug" Mike Brown. These from, I haven't really heard much of him having a long criminal record at the time, you know. So the deal was we heard initially heard by Mike Brown, okay, right. and you know I look at every story story, and you can go research my history on YouTube. Right. I don't agree with a person just because they are black. I don't, sure. Because the black person is wrong, or they out there, you know, committing crimes, and I'm gonna say, okay, they are wrong. But to be fair, yeah, you have videos on why you hate hood rats. Yeah, well, like I said, and that's a, a behavior. You right. know, I look at anybody could be a, a hood rat. That sure. you know, I don't, I don't like the behavior because I think it's uh not good you know just for society in general and sometimes people look up to that and, and want to emulate that right so I, i'm i'm against that people you like know, mike brown you know no well people like mike brown you know i can't really say that i know he was a criminal and he did this well, No, no, he
1: was on camera committing a crime right before he assaulted an officer and went for his gun and rapped about blowing off tongues Let's, let's say,
4: and I always say that, let's say, let's play devil, devil's advocate. Let's say all is 100% accurate. It is. When when we had a two contractors on video screaming that he had his hands up. Yeah. Screaming, and nobody wants to ignore yeah, under
1: under oath, thing. under oath. I'm talking that about the video. That, it that doesn't matter, though. Under oath, the court actual case.
4: Videos, actual videos. No, you saw,
1: I saw the video. Listen, I have not to say, video. it's video of guys going like this, okay? That's not evidence. If you well, look at the grand had, jury, who by the had way
4: had his hands up, that's that's not that no, that's it's not, not evidence. evidence. It's not evidence. It's not evidence at all? No. Uh, eyewitness? No. Wow. Okay. Someone saying, someone doing this on oh, camera oh, when, when
1: you don't see, see the incident stop. is not evidence. What is I evidence is an autopsy. He, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. What is evidence is an autopsy. What is evidence is what is brought before a grand jury. By the way, a grand jury who was cleared by the process, uh, cleared by the defending attorneys. You understand how a grand jury works, and they completely cleared it and said no, there was no wrongdoing here. Not a single eyewitness that was a, the evidence that was a, admissible corroborated that story, and many corroborated along with the autopsy report that showed residue on mike brown's thumb the injury that is indicative uh, in- indicative of reaching for a cop's gun there were many more eyewitnesses who said they saw him attack darren wilson and he couldn't have been shot in the back he wasn't we know that so a couple eyewitnesses doing this no i would not say is proof that he had his hand up
4: i've stated in my video that i believe they did get in some sort of scuffle i believe that right you know that happened that's something i did state from the beginning i believe that they got something happened you know at that car door um out you know like i don't know if, if mike says something to him or you know darren wilson was had an attitude or did what did with you know the other guys say it was true but i know something happened at the door and you know mike why would okay by, you, by the I, way the
1: people who claimed he had his hands up
4: they all recanted their oath because you they, know, like well, a lot of them was intimidated as well. No, but, but let's continue. You know, if you're running away from someone, uh, let's say you run away from somebody shooting at you, yeah, and and they, they firing a weapon at you, and you're like, oh shoot, you know what, I better stop. And why why would he not turn around? They say he turned around, had his hands up. And a lot of those witnesses, nope, especially the guys that no, nope. no, listen, Phil,
1: no, nope. they nope. had his hands up. They recanted. It. I want to, I want to give you time to, to clarify all this. Let's keep going after the break because we have to go here. But no, Phil, that is not accurate. The people who said that recanted their oath. There was a tri- there was a trial, there was a jury. You can read the transcripts. You can look at the autopsy report. I'm, s- and again, I think you're a smart guy, but none of what you just said is accurate through verifiable evidence. And there's verifiable evidence to say the opposite. And I think you have a lot of people who listen to you. And I think it's it's your responsibility to make sure that what you what you say, Phil, is, is accurate. Um, <laughs> so if you want to stay off after the break, we'll give you a full carte blanche to go on with it and explain your side of the story. I want to hear it uh, louder with Crowder. We'll be back after this break.
0: Stay tuned. You're listening to Louder with Crowder.
1: If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle, or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls? You can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler?
0: Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. Listening to Louder with Crowder.
1: Glad to have you back. Glad to have our guest back. Uh, he might not be thrilled with me for our disagreements, but I respect that he's here and willing to have a conversation. Of host of the Advise Show, Phil, thanks for staying with us. Now, I wanted to give you carte blanche to go back to the Brown thing because I don't want you to feel like you didn't have a chance to speak your piece, but you did ask me off air what it was that I did that caused people to accuse me of being racist.
4: Right? Yeah, you, that question, because you said that people call you that all the time, so I was just curious, to, you know, at the time to know right. why they're saying that. Yeah,
1: well, it really comes down to opposing Barack Obama's policies and opposing Islam. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, have to you
4: said anything about Islam that's kind of considered oh. derogatory? Or oh, just, yes, a lot. A lot that's derogatory about Islam,
1: yeah. Quoted um, ver- it, chapter it, and it, verse it, where
4: Give me an example of one thing you said that people just, like, really got upset about.
1: Uh... With Islam, Muhammad beat his six-year-old
4: wife, Aisha. Yeah, you're going to make people who believe in Islam pretty upset by saying anything about Muhammad. I definitely could believe them getting mad about that one. Yeah, with the
1: Barack Obama thing, um, I don't think I've ever been, ever been accused of anything specific, just general racism for opposing him. So a good example is, like we're talking about this, you know, Andrew Breitbart was accused of being a racist. Uh, Congressman Clyburn, going up to the steps, claimed he was called the N-word. It was a national story. Everywhere he claimed it. The media said it must be true. It wasn't true. And Andrew Breitbart said, it's not true. So people said, you're a racist, Andrew Breitbart. He said, no, I'm not. It's not true. They said, you're a racist. He said, okay, I have videographic evidence from multiple angles of the entire incident. Nobody called him the N-word. They said, Andrew Breitbart, you're a racist. You only oppose Barack Obama, Congressman Clyburn, because you're a racist. He said, okay, I'll do this. If a, if anyone finds me any video evidence at all, whatsoever, any whatsoever of him being called the N-word, because he's making that claim, I will give $100,000 to the uh, the United Negro College Fund, and uh, nobody brought it forward. They just said he was racist. So that's just why I say, you know, people call you N-word, and that's terrible, and I can't understand what that's like, of course. Being called a racist simply for your political views is very common for a conservative, um, and that's something that, that, like I said, maybe maybe you weren't necessarily aware of, and and that's why I wanted you to clarify when you you said you believed a lot of people opposed Barack Obama because of his race. Uh, but like I said, you don't want to do politics. So Mike, so Mike Brown, go ahead with with your side there, your view. I don't want to misrepresent you.
4: Um, you know, you were stating earlier about you know all the evidence say this and and this one said that, and you know we in the black community know that we can't really just trust everything that comes away from law enforcement all the time. Just recently, give you an example of the story Floyd Dent out of Inkster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know anything about that story?
1: Yeah, I know. it's It's been on uh, online
4: quite a bit. Okay, well, you know, Floyd Dent was pulled over, give you an example. Sure. And, you know, he's all on tape, dash cam, and he was going to get out of the car and ask, you know, what was going on. And, you know, you had two officers— um, grab a hold of him, the one officer, uh, Melendez, put him in a chokehold, hit him in the head 16 times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, blood all down his face, whatever. And, you know, he was claiming he was resisting arrest, and um, you know, then they said he had crack cocaine in his car. Man, you, this guy never committed a crime in his life. He was just right. a plant worker. And video evidence showed later that the cop was pulling out crack cocaine out of his pocket. Yeah. Um, they planted this evidence sure of of this man and he was he was you know exonerated of that charge you know he all the charges that was against him were dismissed and the officer was fired um and they pressed charges on the officer and you know now this is the one that was just caught that's that's how you know we look at it uh some of them in the past have planted dirty guns on people have done all kinds of things to people and say, oh, yeah, this guy was resisting arrest. When you see seen some, sometime, some issues, you know, it, it don't even have to do it with, with a black or white thing. Some people just ask a question, a cop busts him in the face sure. and then say, oh, he's resisting arrest. So we know there's. Well, there I'm, was,
1: I'm glad to hear that and see that that cop should be kicked off the force. Seems like he was.
4: Yeah, so, yeah, he, he was, but that's right. his second time being in trouble with planning evidence. It's not his first time.
1: Okay. So, so you think that's what happened with Mike Brown?
4: Now, I believe some of the situation with Mike Brown because, like I say, the dead can't talk. The dead can't tell the side of the story. But all the see. witnesses and an autopsy report can't and a grand jury with once black again, people. Once again, the dead can't talk. And one thing about— well, not, some,
1: not once again, that's not the only thing that's relevant. Is a grand jury isn't relevant who was cleared by the defense attorney?
4: Once again, some of those people that were speaking to the media and then changing stories and stuff like that, and then some of them spoke different things to the FBI— some of them, you know, said they was afraid and they was feeling they was being intimidated. You know, when uh, Darren, not Darren Wilson, Darian Johnson, I think that's his name, the guy that was there, you know, when his friend was killed and the car was set on fire. Well, on, I wanna, I wanna, but we're going off there. We're talking about Mike Brown and I brought up yeah, the autopsy. That's Mike Brown. We're talking about everything about Mike Brown right now. Yeah, we're talking about Mike Brown. OK, so you just
1: said so. So you believe the autopsy report by a third-party source, a St. Louis dispatch, that showed residue, that they said, this is, this is congruent with everything we've ever seen as far as someone attacking an officer, reaching for a gun. The attacks, the injuries on Darren Wilson, the grand jury who was cleared by the defending uh, uh, attorney, um, the, all the testimonies, the eyewitness testimonies, you believe that all of that was created to defend a racist cop? Do you believe Darren Wilson's a
4: racist I can't say if he's a racist or not. I never could really say that.
1: Well, that's the only reason he would kill Mike Brown with undue cause. There would be no reason for him to kill Mike that's Brown unless
4: it, the story my, is. True. That's, that's your words. That's not mine. Well, either he
1: I, killed him because he was being attacked,
4: I, like I said, the case says, or
1: the wait, other narrative is he was a racist
4: who shot an unarmed black kid, right? Well, no, I didn't say that. No. Okay. You're you leading me into something. I didn't say that. What I stated was I believe there was a scuffle at the car. I stated that to you. Right. right. I did. So that's my position on that. Right. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it was plenty of ways that could have ended. He could have called for backup and said, hey, this guy's running. You know, we, He wasn't we, running, though.
1: He wasn't running. He was shot while he was reaching for a cop's gun and hit him in the orbital bone. He wasn't running.
4: So you're saying he was shot at the car? Yes. Ain't no way that man was shot at the car because Darren Wilson would have killed him on the spot if he would have shot him like that at the car. First but shot was in the car. Just been a witness there was
1: second. residue in the autopsy report on his yes. thumb. He was first shot with fire at men. the
4: car. Yeah. like I said they had a scuffle at the car. Sure, Mike Brown did run away from that officer. You believe he was running away with hands up when he was shot? I believe Mike Brown was running away from that officer, period. And I know that officer had the ability to call for backup and say, listen, this guy's running. I'm, I'm giving chase and going into whatever neighborhood they was at at the time. I mean, it's more ways that could have been done instead of just firing all those rounds at him. I mean, police got so much at their disposal. Okay, so you, To do their job. I think this is very indicative of where we're having a miscommunication
1: here. You just said, I know the cop could have A, B, C, D. I'm saying the only thing I know are the testimonies, the autopsy report, the grand jury. That's what we know. You, we don't know what the cop could have done in the instance if someone was reaching for his gun and hitting him. We, we don't know that. Why? Why is it appropriate for you to make that judgment call? If a guy were reaching into your car, reaching for your gun and slamming you in the face, you'd call well, we for that
4: Come on, steven We saw the injuries on on Darren Wilson. I mean, yeah, I mean, They're pretty they made serious. It, they they made they made it like I mean, big as Mike Brown was, and Mike Brown really did it. originally. They said he did all this horrible damage. Then I seen the picture. I said, okay. I mean, cause I thought that, you know, the way he was being described by all the people, you know, in the media and saying, yeah, this big guy, 300 pound guy, you know, slammed this police officer and he was fighting. No, that, with- that's not what the media said. The media said and, gentle and, giant. I saw the actual pictures. I saw the actual pictures and I was expecting, you know, like because Mike Brown's a big kid. I mean, sure. so if he hit you, I would really expect something to happen to you. Sure. And I saw the minimal, you know, physical damage to the officer. I'm saying, well, I say I know they got in a scuffle. I mean, you can clearly see that. But I was expecting just this great, you know, physical damage to the officer. You know, the way it was being described at first. But like I stated, I believe they got into a scuffle at that car. I believe that. Yeah. And Darren Wilson said he fired two rounds at it, and then he took off. Even Darren Wilson said he took off in the interview. He just staying there despite. So, so your
1: the- your problem is that Mike Brown didn't hit him hard enough repeatedly in the face to warrant. That's not what no. I said. You said you expected – well, what's, say, what, then I'll what, say what say difference that, does it make? Or, how bad did, the injuries were? This is listening to what I'm saying. No, say that, I am listening to what you're saying. Here's, here's, here's where I have a problem. You have told your audience time after time, Phil, listen, you have an audience that rivals mainstream media, and good for you. You have a big mm-hmm. audience, okay? Mm-hmm. But I have not heard you once say, hey, I was a little bit wrong because the eyewitness testimony, these people recanted it. I've not seen you go out and issue that video. I've not seen you say, hey, there was a grand jury. There was an autopsy. All of these are congruent, and they cleared him of any wrongdoing. There are instances of racist cops. That happens. This wasn't one of them. This was a pretty clear-cut case of an assault. A kid making poor decision after poor decision uh, was was doing drugs, was strong-arming a convenience store owner right before, attacked a cop. He got shot. Be better if he didn't die. Obviously, that's always a tragedy. But this is the real story. Don't you think it's your responsibility to do that for your audience?
4: It's my responsibility to give the news and share my opinions. And based on what I heard Darren Wilson say himself about the story, um, I do believe the the shots in the autopsy, uh, what happened. I've seen the the federal one. I've seen the local one. Uh, They also did, I think, what, an independent one as well. Uh, I think three different autopsies. I never debated the autopsy reports, not one time, on how he was shot. I was talking about what happened at the car. Well, you did when you said his arm. You did earlier. You said his hands were up. Witnesses were I,
1: saying that, and he witness, was shot at
4: far at away. And I say witnesses say his hands were up. I who didn't recounted say that, who, who the, recounted that. What the shots low hit him at? I Ain't mentioning what the shots hit him at. Okay. I said witnesses were saying they were screaming on CNN. His hands were up. Okay.
1: So why why does that matter if you believe that he was shot reaching for the cop's gun? Do I Excuse me. Why does it matter if, let's assume that it wasn't recounted, if his hands were up at some point, but you agree with the autopsy? Because the autopsy says he was shot reaching for the cop's gun at close range.
4: Darren Wilson himself said he fired two rounds inside that vehicle. I think one or two rounds inside that vehicle on the interview he did on ABC. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've told you only many times, I believe there was a scuffle at that car. But he stated himself, Mike Brown ran. He said that out his own mouth. Sure. So, it, it, but that, it, so that's it, not that's not what the wit-
1: you you were pointing to the witnesses again, which yeah, the wit- counted yeah, the
4: witness said that, that the, the, his the hands were up factors that was on video, said that he stopped. His hands were up when he was shot. Right. And and I mean, like say, there are, there are a lot of people. But you, that, you just said you believe the autopsy. Up, a lot, there a says lot of, says that's not true. There are a lot of people that was I'm talking about the hands up part. A lot right. of people. the autopsy
1: like, says that can't be his true.
4: Up, his hands wasn't up. And, uh, you know, he he just it was a clean shooting and, and X, Y, Z. And then you saw all this stuff happen afterward. I mean, my thing is, I just don't have a lot of trust a lot of times when it comes to uh, when you look more into certain, you know, police and their unions. and certain. But what
1: about a grand jury? That's not the police, Phil. That's the point you believe. Do you believe the entire grand jury was corrupt? Do you believe that the but, third you know, party autopsies
4: was, were corrupt? MSNBC NBC had put out a report about the grand jury, how they were fed a law that was outdated. Then it was told or was scratched that this is the right law and confused the grand jury on about shooting a suspect when they're running away. Now, why did they do that? Did you see that actual video from
1: MSNBC? Yes. From MSNBC. Now, I've read the transcripts and I've looked at the autopsies and I've heard and I've, I've read the testimonies. I mean, of all people, you shouldn't go to MSNBC and act like that's a credible source. But Fox News is
4: a credible source? No. Okay.
1: No, the, 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 the testimonies, the transcripts, the autopsies,
4: those are credible. Well, that report came from the, from the transcripts.
1: That, so it, you, there that is a report the out there.
4: video came from the transcripts. There was a
1: report out there that the grand jury was lied to and deliberately confused about a law.
4: I can send you the video. It's actually on YouTube.
1: But So you, you believe that, that the, the jury was lied to and they were proactively confused.
4: Why, they were why would they do they that to exonerate Darren Wilson? And I kind of looked into it, how the prosecutor stated an old law and then scratched that, no, 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 this is the right law. Mm-hmm. Some people can't follow that. So, you know, what I'm saying? some people on the grand jury have never heard anything about a law. You know, most people don't really know anything about the law. So they're trying to just take it in at the time, and hopefully they're making the right call and the right decision. Do you, do you know how a grand jury is appointed? A grand jury process, you know, I have not been on a grand jury. You know, I, I didn't get picked for a regular jury. I guess my opinions would get me picked. <laughs> I, got, I got out of jury duty because I was out of state, so mm-hmm. no one's looking forward to I it. Recently, I recently just uh went to jury duty. Like I said, I, just, I guess I didn't get picked because my opinion about how the law treats men, but it is what it is.
1: Okay, but do you know the process of selecting a grand jury? If not, it's a, it's a pretty strenuous process um, that's cleared by both parties. So you would have to believe that the defense attorney is the most corrupt and inept defense attorney as well to come to the conclusion that, that, that all of these things are correct. My, my point here is, listen, if you can't accept and believe in due process, I, I know Fundip, we have to go to a break very soon because we have to go uh, to the top of the half hour. You've got to go with the testimony. You've got to go with the transcripts and due process in these cases. Otherwise, we are no longer a country of laws. But I won't debate at all that there are some racist cops out there, and I think that you do a good job of exposing the actual ones. This wasn't one of those cases. Phil, where can people find you if they want to uh, catch more of your stuff?
4: Well, you can find me on The Advice Show TV on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at the Advice show, Facebook.com slash the Show. You can check my website out at AdviceShow.com. And, um, you know, we also got a radio show as well, Advice show radio. There you um, go. A
1: lot, of, a lot of plugs there. But, people, I do encourage you to go check it out, get all different points of view. Phil, we appreciate it and, uh, and hope to continue with discussions. We really do appreciate it. Louder with Crowder. We will be back after this break.
0: You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder.
1: Thank you for being back. We don't have much time before we go to the next break, but um, Stephen Davis on Twitter corrected me. Apparently I said recounted. I meant to say recanted. Uh, my apologies. I misspoke. You are correct, sir. The testimonies were recanted. I, You know, I I, I really hope, because I like the guy. I think the guy's relatively, uh, I think he's a smart guy and he has an audience that hangs in his every word. I just think it's, you know, if he's going to say, I bring you news with a common sense approach, it's your duty to, to correct or to inform properly. That's just my opinion.
0: He seems like he's got a good heart, though.
1: Yeah, he definitely seems like he's got a good heart. You know, you would, he's way further to the right than me on the gay issues. Um, so you and him would disagree on that a lot. But, you know, that's an example of a, you know, a black Christian... Where it's there's sort of a conundrum there, you know. They they socially they're probably the most conservative people in the country, but then they feel a, a specific need to vote one way. You know, he talked about how important abortion was. Yet was a Barack Obama voter. I go, how do you how do you justify that?
0: I I have a friend who does that all the time. You know, he talks about how he goes to church. He talks about how he believes pro life. You know, movement, all of that stuff, and then he goes and he votes blindly Democrat, and he does that consistently, all because he's in a union.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Fundip. So you're more, you know, you're kind of, you're not really centrist, let's be honest. You're further to the right, and then you're just liberal on a few social issues, but let's assume this for a second, that you didn't agree with Republican fiscal policy, or let's say Republicans, conservatives weren't really fiscally conservative, right? Everything else was on the Democrat side of the ledger but they were still overwhelmingly pro-abortion. Would you be able to vote for someone like that?
0: Not with good conscience. No. Yeah, it is. People say, well, you shouldn't vote
1: single issues. I agree. You shouldn't be a single-issue voter, but I also believe there are closed-handed issues that are deal-breakers. You know, it's not the only issue. I'm not only going to vote for you because you're pro-life. I think, though, one has to be precluded from voting for an abortionist candidate if they are pro-life. Is that unreasonable?
0: No, oh, no, that makes perfect sense.
1: If you believe it's a life, you can't vote in murder. I don't know. We'll talk about it after the break. Louder with Carter. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary Black Rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com
2: everyone likes to
1: dance to a happy song thank you so much for being with us ladder with crowder as always your host steven crowder and the most insubordinate producer and in radio fun dip dan good morning everyone good morning everyone i screw things up so yeah this week We'll get to the Robert Downey thing. My brother will come on, Jordan Crudder, because, you know, he actually works as a filmmaker and actor in Los Angeles. And I did for a long time until I started doing this business. But, um, you know, that was my background was pure, pure stand-up and acting. And I still do a lot of stand-up. But uh, so Robert Downer, Robert, Downer, Robert Downey Jr. had an interview where he walked out because he was confronted about a quote that he made on being conservative. But this week, speaking of celebrities, Bill Nye the science guy, did you, uh, did you see this this week? Yeah, what an idiot. So it was Earth Day. And uh, Bill Nye, who's not really a scientist, he's a science guy. <laughs> that should be your first tip off. Are you a doctor? I'm a doctor guy. <laughs> no, but are, are, you a, are, you, are you a doctor? Can you do the surgery? I'm a guy who likes doctors. I'm the doctor. I'm a doctor guy. No, but who's... Hey, are you are you the anesthesiologist? I'm an anesthesia guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a science guy. So, Earth Day. Good. Thank you, Bill Nye. He's going to help us with Earth Day. Actual tweet from Bill Nye is that, I'll just read it, from Bill Nye. Heading down to D.C. to catch an Earth Day flight on Air Force One tomorrow with the president. We're going to act
0: on climate. (laughs) It's a 747 pretty much. With four people in it.
1: When it was Bill, there might have been nine, depending on how many interns.
0: Uh, Dude, You can't... <laughs> it took you a while, there was a delay there. Well, at first I thought you meant Bill Nye, and then it connected with me. I'm like, oh, that Bill.
1: <laughs> so, you can't write a joke better than this. We talk about self-important, narcissistic, environmental hypocrites. Bill Nye managed to crystallize that with one tweet. Heading down to D.C. to catch an Earth Day flight on Air Force One tomorrow with the president. And then, without a hint of irony, we're going to act on climate change. I could drive my SUV the entire year and not admit what you just did. The worst part is it has over 1,200 retweets and 2,600 favorites. So there are enough people who are stupid. So stupid they don't even see the irony. <laughs> this means that someone read this tweet and said, Oh, he's gonna he's gonna hop on a private jet to help with Earth
0: Day. Good for him! Good for him! No, no irony here! I mean oh, the boy. the takeoff weight of that plane is eight hundred and thirty-three thousand pounds. It has four GE turbo fans. It's it's insane how much fuel that that plane... I mean, I love it. I love airplanes, and I love big airplanes, but he shouldn't be talking about Earth Day and connecting it to Air Force One. And then he'll be telling us to
1: use single-ply toilet paper. I will never, never, never never use single-ply toilet paper. Are you kidding me? Especially these early mornings where I've got five coffees in me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not rolling those dice. (laughs) Single-ply toilet paper. can't spare a square. Cut down on your toilet paper while I saunter on down on my private jet. Oh, gosh. What a sanctimonious douche. Okay. So here are some other little reasons that you may not know. Uh, as to why Earth did you know that Earth Day is, is a verifiable scam? Did you oh, yeah. Well, it's, We've it's, got it up at... Uh,
0: it's from the left, and it's from environmentalists. That, those are all the verification you need.
1: Well, let's make sure Jared is taping all this right now because we're going to go through the top five reasons here as to why Earth Day is a scam. Okay, Earth Day, that sounds nice. Everyone can be on board with polluting less. There's no problem with that. I don't think anybody within reason has a problem with that. What problem do I have with Earth Day? Well, let's go here. We were all told that we were going to die. Earth Day was created in 1970. At the time, biologist and future presidential candidate Barry Commoner said... Civilization will end within 15 or 30 years unless immediate action is taken against problems facing mankind. We are in an environmental crisis which threatens the survival of this nation. So this was in 1970. He said 15 or 30 years, which means the top end of our civilization would be the year 2000. We're still here. All right. Number two. Another prediction. Remember, it's very important to know these predictions, folks. You can go to loudearwithcrowder.com and just send this to your friends. These are undeniable, hard, cold facts, predictions made by these people that are verifiably false. Pollution is going to overpower the world, we were told. Especially because of Americans, of course, because America is a big evil. Again, back in 1970, Life Magazine reported scientists have solid, experimental, and theoretical... How not that an oxymoron? Solid, <laughs> experimental, and theoretical? It's like, I've got solid jello
2: <laughs>
1: evidence to support the following predictions. In a decade, urban dwellers will have to wear gas masks to survive air pollution. By 1985, by 1985, air pollution will reduce the amount of sunlight reaching the earth by one half. So, I, I mean, maybe they cancel each other out because the ozone, too much coming through. The pollution, not enough coming through. So maybe that's why nothing's happened. Number three, we can turn back the oceans in classic Obama form. This is newer. We're obviously talking about 1970, but Barack Obama, when he talked about being elected, (laughs) said this was the moment when he gave it in a speech. He said, this is the moment when the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal. By the way, all those things were already supposed to be gone to the people who believed it in the 70s. But apparently, the solid experimental and theoretical evidence... (laughs) Wasn't as solid as they thought, so all you need is Barack Obama to wave his bow staff, and uh, he'll fix it. Okay, number four. We're worse than asteroids. So if you believe that a giant asteroid killed off uh, the dinosaurs 65 million years ago, as as, as of course science many, many scientists do, Al Gore wrote global warming along with the cutting and burning of forests and other critical habitats. By the way, more trees right now than ever in recorded history. It's causing loss of living species at a level comparable to the extinction event that wiped out the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. That event was believed to have been caused by a giant asteroid. This time, it's not an asteroid colliding with Earth and wreaking havoc. It's us. By the way, this, it's funny. This is a, an older quote from Al Gore when he was still saying global warming. Now they say climate change. And I know they act like we're the dummies. But, well, climate change, it was, it's because of extreme climate change, you guys. It's extreme temperatures. Don't be so simplistic. He, climate change is just more accurate. Really? All right, let me, let me give you on to one. one well, the final reason is the founder of Earth Day, Ira Einhorn, however it's pronounced, uh, he killed and composted his girlfriend, stuck her in a trunk in his closet. Did you know that? That's environmentally friendly, isn't it? Well, it is environmentally friendly. So here, all of these predictions, 1985, we were supposed to be wearing gas masks. 1985, we were supposed to no longer exist. The, the the top end was supposed to be 2,000. The oceans were going, Florida was going to be gone by now. These are, lottowithcrowder.com, you can go see these. These were predictions that were made that are ver. not only are they false,
0: not only are they patently incorrect, they're not even close. And it's a little known fact who made these predictions. Nostra dumbass. Good Lord. <laughs> you had that in your back pocket and you were waiting for it. It just fell out of my head. You
1: gotta bring a better game than that, fuck.
0: Got to bring. You, you bring the professional comedy. I bring the small town producer comedy. <laughs> small town producer.
1: Um, born and raised in South Detroit. <laughs> it does apply to you, although I don't think you're a black gentleman. So. I, I was born a poor black child, just like my uncle Steve. You were born a poor black child. So here's what I ask you. Okay, and you can tweet me at S. Crowder or comment below. When you have all of these predictions, okay, that that are wrong, there's no doubt about it. They are wrong, verifiably, okay? And we're now being told the new predictions and the ways to solve those, of course, involve involve things like one-child policy, which they tried in communist China, involve things like single-ply toilet paper, raising uh, prices on gas, not allowing drilling for our own oil here. So, so again, these these policies are based on new predictions, and you can see these old predictions, which were wrong. How do we call the people like me who are skeptical of the solid theoretical and experimental science now? How do we call people like me anti-science? Were the anti-science ones? Your hypothesis was tested. Incorrect. If this were a a geology course, you'd get an F. With a big bright red pen just to hurt your (laughs) self-esteem. There you go. Fundip has one right there. It's just one of those things. Again, just like our previous guest. Well, why were you called a racist? Because I oppose Barack Obama. Well, you must have said something racist. No. Why are you anti-science? I'm not anti-science. People accuse me of being anti-science. Well, why? Because I'm skeptical of global warming. Well, oh, there you go. You're skeptical of climate change. Oh, to use anti science. I've got science right here. Hypothesis tested. You were wrong. Why should
0: I trust you now? No, you dumbass. See, it hits you better after you wait a few minutes. It sinks in. No, it doesn't. It's sitting in
1: my stomach like a rock, like the two burgers I <laughs> ate last night. Before we go to the break, true story. I went to Stella's last night, voted best burger in the country Stella! at one point. Can I finish? <laughs> Can I finish? Would you
0: let me know? No, you may not.
1: <laughs> so I went to Stella's last night. I swear to you, they do five dollar off burgers every Thursday night. So um, <laughs> I go there and I order a burger, and I'm hungry. So they're big burgers. You know, it's not like McDonald's burgers. These are big burgers. they're very good, they're stuffed, so they're stuffed with burgers. I get the uh, the hot stuff. It's stuffed with jalapenos and, uh, I think, cheddar cheese. Anyway.
0: <laughs> no wonder you need the two-ply. Well,
1: I ate two. So I order them, and they come out. They bring out a whole, like a, like a platoon of people, management. They go, if you order two, you have to eat at least half of the second one to get the special. I said, what? <laughs> so what are you talking about? What, am I going to order this burger and not eat it? And I said, Yeah. A lot of people do that because it's $5 off burger night. It's so cheap. People just come in and more of anything, sir? More of everything! And they're ordering every different burger to try. I said, trust me. I'm going to eat both burgers. You needn't worry because Steven Crowder gets it done. Louder with Crowder. We get it done and we get it done well. I was expecting something heavy and driving to bring us to the break.
0: (laughs) It's just very random what What? it's going to be. Of course. We'll be
1: back after this break.
0: Louder with Crowder. (laughs) You're listening to Louder with Crowder.
1: You are, and of course, the most insubordinate producer in radio. Fun
0: dip. Trying to do my sports announcer thing there. Let's get ready to rumble. I don't think you've I've never seen actually it. watched a sporting event, so I don't know.
1: Did you ever play any sports as a kid?
0: <laughs>
1: golf. Golf. Well, do you what, do you like golf? Yeah. Well, why don't you start
0: golfing? Well, I I don't like going alone. I mean, I could drive out to Livonia and go golf with my dad. Well, why don't you do that? Every, every, we usually do it about twice a year. Do it, do, it, uh, do it a couple times a month. That'll be good. That'll
1: be some activity to get you started with, the, uh, you know, with the, the weight loss you're doing.
0: Oh, you want me to not have a cart. You're as bad as my dad. Come on, walk it. What are you, pansy? Well, well you yeah. can maybe
1: walk some and cart some to start. it's not a bad idea. Then, then well, you can transition I, I to walk. Get,
0: I could get a Segway.
1: Oh my gosh, you have no idea. My video producer right now is just pointing. We were saying, we need to get you to Grand Rapids and do a video. Or on Paul Blart, right? That just fun dip tours Grand Rapids and a Segway. Because that's a big thing here, is a Segway tours of downtown.
0: Oh, no kidding.
1: So, I... I <laughs> it's, it's not... The visual this, is scary. I just get the, the sense that technologically,
0: you should be very frustrated. <laughs> oh, because the balance thing? You have to be able to balance them. I feel like I'm going to fall over. Well, I was was at the physical therapist yesterday, and she put this, like, squishy rubber ball behind my lower back, and I'm on this narrow table, and she says, now pick both of your feet up. And so I hold on to the table with my hands. She says, no, grab a hold of your feet with your hands to stretch. I'm like, you do realize I'm going to fall off of this table and sue your butt? And she's like, you're not going to fall off of the table. So I'm like... They're trying to hold to my feet with this thing, and my and she she had to hold me so that I wouldn't fall off.
1: So you didn't fall off? I
0: didn't, but if she hadn't grabbed a hold of my feet, I would have fell off that skinny table. Yeah. Don't put a fat man unbalanced on a skinny table; it just doesn't work. It's also a waste of time. You need to find
1: someone new. I'm sorry, but this whole thing—she's doing the whole work your core deal. You, you know,
0: well she put just, a heavy. She's just trying to stretch the the muscles out because I'm so tense before I do anything else.
1: Oh really? Are you inflexible?
0: Oh, completely inflexible. I'm am my body is as stubborn as my mother was.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see that was an ana- I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke or just an analogy.
0: No, it's it's just a fact. I mean, my body you try to bend it, it doesn't want to. You it just doesn't work. It's shot.
1: All right. We were talking about environmentalism because this week so big big days this week were 420. Yeah, dude, and Earth Day, which I find funny. All the people who are, you know, they're the same crowd—the hippie pot-smoking crowd. They're smoking, and then two days later, demanding we cut down on carbon emissions. (laughs) (laughs) Don't drive an SUV, dude. It's natural. It's natural. Oh, that's the (laughs) thing—the natural.
0: They always talk about that. Well, you know, even uh, people
1: there at Wham, who I love very much, they have bought into the whole aspartame will kill you. You know, diet soda is worse than normal soda. And we got into a tussle online here because some people got mad at me. And when people were talking about that, I said, Stevia, the only sweetener proven to be a mutagenic compound. Now, Stevia is entirely natural. So that's where it's sold as the natural fallacy. Now, what I am not saying is that Stevia... Is dangerous to sweeten something. I'm not. It doesn't taste very good, though. It has like a, a bitter aftertaste. Yeah,
0: I, I can't have any of those things. They upset my stomach stevia, aspartame, uh, saccharin. They just. Well, kill they say, me. they
1: argue that stevia doesn't. But, um, anyways, I use it every now and then with some honey to kind of cut down on honey and, and, and add a little bit of sweetener. And I'm talking half of like the little tiny scoop that comes with it. But there, there is no chemical compound that I know of. That has been more studied, or no, no dietary compound that has been more studied than aspartame, and the evidence is irrefutable. There's no controversy that it is safe for consumption. Okay, now I don't drink soda, Jared. Can even, I don't drink any soda. Like I can literally count on one hand the amount of times I've had soda since I was 16 years old, um, because I just don't want all the chemicals that are in there. I, I don't really think that it's necessarily. Just it's not just the aspartame. I just don't want to drink it.
0: What about a nice like uh, a natural uh, sugar, like a Coca Cola from Mexico?
1: I don't trust anything from Mexico.
0: <laughs> Why? Some <laughs> well, I'm like I don't drink soda, and now your now your your sale your closer is it comes from Mexico? Well, the 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 Coke from Mexico that I get from you know like my favorite taco places, it's it's natural cane sugar Coca Cola. Yeah, and it doesn't have. You look at yeah. the list of the ingredients, and it's half of the American one.
1: I would still say if you're going to have a Coke or something on occasion, you're better off having a diet Coke than a than Ugh. a sugar Coke. Yeah,
0: and then three days after that, I'm belching white wall tire cleaner. Oh, really?
1: Does it stay with you that long?
0: Yeah, for three days. If I have a diet soda, I have the most horrible stomach pains, and and belches that are there. Okay. Oh
1: the point i'm getting at here let's cut off Fun Dip and his belching patterns (laughs) the point that i'm getting at here is is the point of what many scientists call the natural fallacy that because a compound is natural it is inherently safer more stable or healthier it's not true now stevia has proven to be a mutagenic compound in animal studies okay there are human studies with aspartame that prove it's safe and all animal studies prove it's safe but basically if you're injecting stevia into your balls in high doses, you're going to have problems. Same thing with aspartame. If you have either of those in a drink every now and then, you're you're well, likely you're- <laughs> fine. Don't go there. I, this can just get way out of hand. That's what I'm saying. That's what they do with a lot of these animal studies. They inject it here. They inject it in the testicles. They inject it in the neck. They inject it and they find out what happens. There's in vitro, then there's in vivo. So... With stevia, it's it's the one out of those that has the more potential. Mut- mutagenic compound means it can mutate your DNA. It can actually alter your DNA. That it, is when you start getting, uh, start getting into the territory of cancer. And stevia is the most natural. Aspartame doesn't have that risk. I don't think that any of them are good for you in high doses, but don't believe the natural fallacy. And it's the same thing with pot. It's natural, man. So is hemlock. So is uranium. You shouldn't smoke poison ivy. Someone tweeted out, Well, marijuana should be legal. Okay, your states have the right to legalize it. I'm on board. Then they said, it's medicinal. It helps with cancer. No. By the way, the drug from pot that is medicinal, that helps with cancer, is already legal. It's a prescribed drug. It is a chemical—there are about 10 actual drugs based out of marijuana. I think only two are cleared. Because the other one's proved—not because Big Pharma hates pot. They've made drugs— it didn't go through the double blind placebo controlled clinical trial process except for the one that helps with appetite and cancer. And then someone said, "Well, if it's why would I want a drug? The, I can just smoke the herb. Listen, retinol takes away wrinkles. Retinol is vitamin A. It takes away pimples. Okay? It's now a compound that we've tested that people can take. You can get that prescription. It's like someone saying, "Well, why should I take that prescription? I can just rub. I can just rub a carrot on my face." I can just rub cod liver oil on my face. Now, there's a scientific process to approving drugs. It's not just big pharma. It's not a conspiracy. There needs to be a process when designing a drug and making claims that it's effective. That's why marijuana is not approved as medicine when you smoke a blunt. we be back, If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine, but finding the right kind can be a hassle, or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. do is call Simplified Wine at eight four four two nine seven 297 wine That's eight four four two nine seven 297 wine Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at eight four four two nine seven 297 wine to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door, guaranteed. What could possibly
0: be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today, eight four four two nine seven 297 wine
1: So glad to be back on the top of this hour. Next guest coming up is going to be a one Mr. Jordan Crowder, my brother, uh, award-winning filmmaker, actually. Funnily enough, he's a comedy guy, but he won his award for a documentary he did about a Christian 60-something-year-old bodybuilder who lived in the basement of a church.
0: (laughs) That just sounds like some sort of a weird movie. I've got to check uh, it out.
1: I don't think it's technically a movie at that point. It's a documentary.
0: Yeah, but a- I mean, I'm, I imagine the fiction where it's like he's a bodybuilder living in the basement of a church, and it turns out he's a superhero or something.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. This guy, we should have him on the show. His name is Jose Beguet. Um He was abandoned by his family. Literally just like, not maybe not a parking lot, just in the middle of the street, just left him when he was a kid. I think he was maybe six, eight years old. So it wasn't like he was a little child who was left in an orphanage. They just left him somewhere. And then he just worked on ships his whole life. Just worked on these ships, you know, those uh, cargo ships, moving stuff. And then he found – the guy was just big. You know, there are guys who are just naturally built like an ox. And then he found a gym. Someone brought him to a gym. And they said, wow, you know, you're pretty good at this. Maybe you should try competing in bodybuilding. And then he won, like, the over 60-something division. And he's, he's set world records, and it's it's not even close. Like the guy's never touched a steroid. He's all, he didn't train his whole life. He started training in his late fifties, and when he got up on stage in Vegas, there there wasn't even a distant second. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's like he's like two sixty, dripping with muscle at at sixty something years old. Oh man, the nicest guy, the nicest guy. You know, m- maybe not the, the the sharpest knife in the drawer, but. I mean, he had no education. He just worked on ships, but he's just a, an incredible story of faith. And, um, you know, he talked about it, just talks about how the Lord the Lord is my trainer. Man, the Lord is the one who trains. People say, how you get so big? The Lord is who makes me big, man. I don't even know what I'm doing. He's just so strong and big. It's unreal. Um, so, we'll ha- anyways, we'll have him on, Jordan Crowder. We'll talk about the Robert Downey controversy. And uh, going on the Earth Day theme here, wanted to just give you some information. If you're not following me on uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at S Crowder, Fun dip Dan, because I tweet these articles out. They're obviously up at the website, ladderwithcrowder.com. We compiled a list of the top five environmentalists who openly support killing off humans. Um, the most obvious people would know is Ted Turner. And people go, well, Ted Turner, really? Yeah, Ted Turner, I was actually there at the Cl- Cancun Climate Summit where he supported. Uh, the one child policy from China, which basically means you have one child or we abort the rest of your children. Ted Turner, head of CNN, head of Turner Broadcasting, said that he supports that. The dire- I say if communist China does it, maybe go the other direction. But again, you have to understand environmentalism, the ultimate end game is to kill you, save the planet, wipe out people. So I'm going to give you some more here. Sir David Attenborough. He's the voice behind all those um uh, fund up all those enchanting BBC nature documentaries that you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, voice. that's Richard Attenborough. Not to be confused with um sorry, David Attenborough, not to be confused with Richard
0: Attenborough. Though. Who was the guy who was the leader of Jurassic Park
1: and Santa Claus? Yes. So,
0: um when he's not narrating
1: little uh, little little uh, little wildlife documentaries, he's, he he said this. I've seen wildlife under mounting human pressure all over the world, and it's not just from the human economy or technology. Behind every threat is the frightening explosion in human numbers. I've seen a problem that would be easier to solve with fewer people. He also said that humans were a plague on Earth. This is open. These are people. These are not fringe people. These are people narrating nature documentaries. Some of these people are people who are in office. Paul Ehrlich is the author of the controversial book Population Bomb which predicted global calamity at populations well below the number living on Earth today. So again, with the predictions that are verifiably false. Hypothesis. I have a theory. Let's test it. You're wrong. You're
2: anti-science!
1: No, you're, you te- we tested your hypothesis. You said we'd, the Earth wouldn't exist by, by 2000. That was, your, that was your hypothesis. It's been tested.
0: It was incorrect.
2: You just hate science!
0: Well, you are a Christian.
1: Yeah, I'm a Christian, therefore I have to hate science.
0: Where's, where's
2: it's
1: Florida? It's a prerequisite, isn't it? Where's Florida? Florida's supposed to be gone. I was just there. I will never swim in the Gulf. I've talked about
0: that. It's a nightmare. It's gross. Little, little bugs and plants and three Free floating
1: crabs at Schwanson level. No, thank you. I don't Are- need that thing drifting into my nether regions at high tide. What is that? It's like the Donkey Kong. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> uh, that, that that's a piranha. <laughs> Some reason fun dip is motioning a crab, but it's Miss Pac-Man.
5: Waka 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 waka.
1: So he wrote in his book, How many of you support how many you su- uh how many you support, meaning basically uh, annihilation, depends on lifestyles. We came up with 1.5 to 2 billion because you can have big active cities and wilderness. If you want a battery chicken world where everyone has minimum space and food and everyone is kept just about alive, you might be able to support long-term about 4 or 5 billion people. Last I checked, we're over 7 billion, and we're okay. As a matter of fact, we're over 7 billion, and I am broadcasting this show from a studio built in my house drinking free-trade organic coffee while FunDip, across the state, sits... And an early '90s rugby shirt, eating his Hebrew National hot dogs. So I'd say we're still able to sustain the
0: population pretty well there, Mr. Paul
1: Ehrlich. I
0: didn't get any hot dogs today. I had twigs and berries. Yeah, I'm so glad that's your takeaway. For God's sakes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a question, though. Now this is this is something that I think about a lot. Because, don't want to hear it, but you're no, going to go. Seriously, I I'm pro-life because I don't. I believe abortion is wrong. But I also think there are too many people on the planet. I think we need to figure out a way to get people to stop making more people without aborting them. Because there are so many annoying people on this planet, and there's no place else for me to go.
1: So, for you, it's more so a personal annoyance.
0: Yeah. People tend to be irritating. And, you know, I like animals. They're not. Yeah. Except for the neighbor's dog when it won't shut up. Please, please.
1: Please don't ever run for office. Let's take a break. We'll bring on Louder. We'll bring on Louder with Crowder's brother, Jordan Crowder, after this break. Sorry, Fun Dips an <laughs>
0: Kung Fu Fighting with Louder with Crowder.
4: Everybody was cold.
1: With glad to have you back. Always glad to have this next guest. Not if I don't have him, mother will be cross with me, and she'll lock me in the attic. My brother, Jordan Crowder. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. You're still, your mic is going a little bit nuts, so we'll have to we'll dock your pay appropriately. Uh. but. Of course, actually, you know a lot of people don't don't know this. A lot of people follow you on Twitter know this, but you're a filmmaker. You've been in acting for a long time, and uh, we're going to talk about the controversy this week. I mean, there's been quite a few with the Avengers, you know, the slut comment about Black Widow, and then Robert Downey Jr. So before we do this, fun dip. Do you have the clip there? All right, yes. fun dip. Roll the clip. What you said to the New York Times once was, it was about it was after your incarceration, and you said. You can't go from a $2,000 a night hotel suite to a penitentiary and understand it, and come out a liberal. And I just wondered what you meant by that.
0: Well, the funny thing is, and, and I appreciate your, your point of view, things that you said five, seven years ago or things you said in an interview that made sense
1: to you at the time, I could pick that, I could pick that apart for two hours and be, close, be no
0: closer to the truth than I'd be giving you some half-assed answer right now. Um, I couldn't even really tell you what a liberal is. So therein lies the answer to your question.
1: The, the, the statement sort of stands by itself, doesn't it? I mean, d- does that mean you're you're not a liberal or that you came out of prison not being liberal? Um, are we promoting a movie? To me, the thing is that it's... I'm certainly not going to backpedal on anything I've said, but I, would, I wouldn't say... Actually, I wouldn't say I'm a Republican or a liberal or a Democrat. All right, hold on, let's pull that for a second fund if you need to bring the volume up we'll, and fast forward it we will then get to the part I, after. I,
0: I can't get it up any further because you guys are on the same computer. Alright,
1: never mind. I okay. Forget about it. We'll, uh, someone was tweeting me that they couldn't hear the clip. So we'll, we'll get it up online at LottoCrader.com but let me set the context here. Uh, Jordan knows. Robert Downey was asked about his quote about being a conservative uh, where he said you can't go from a $2,000 penthouse in the Mirage to a pe- jail cell and come out of it a liberal. Then they brought up his drug use. And this, this reporter, who actually I'll get into, I know, um, basically ended up with Robert Downey Jr.
5: walking out.
1: So, Jordan, when you saw this, what was your initial reaction?
5: Well, the first thing I saw is that he's just a hack reporter. I mean, like, the way the way he was asking the questions was – like a high school journalist he's like at one point he started asking about his dad it didn't make any sense he was like eh, uh, how your dad and drugs and you free now like it didn't make any sense he was just like trying to like be like the high school of of uh well, diane sawyer that's what robert Downey jr
1: said at the end he said this is yeah. a little diane sawyer so i love that he made that dig at diane sawyer
5: yeah it was pretty funny but um Uh, Just it's it's this is the thing I always see in Hollywood is that there are two camps of loose and you get the kind that are the bullies and then the kind that are just the children. And this guy falls into the bully category where he constantly prods and prods at you try and get you to say whatever it is that he wants to to pigeon you whole with Um and, 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 and you could hear Robert Downey Jr. in the interview later on, he's like, says something like, I don't even know what a liberal is, which is kind of like, you can tell he's trying to backpedal. But he did not say that he wasn't a conservative. He said, oh, I'm not a Republican, Democrat, liberal. I know. And but, that
1: was telling to me. He said Republican yeah. and Democrat. So, right, political parties. But then the only ideology from which he distanced himself was liberal. Yeah. Which and, tells and me he's thing. probably independent, right-leaning.
5: Yeah, but the thing is, like, the difference with cons- with the label conservative, is like, it's it is a li- it is a label, but it covers such a big spectrum. It's not uh, under the liberal label. It's you're down the line with the same point of view. Everyone has it, and conservatives, everyone disagrees. There's all these different versions of conservatism and stuff. It's just so funny that he's trying to pigeonhole you, trying to out him as a conservative, which is like, is one of the broadest categories in the political spectrum.
1: Right. Well, I mean, yeah, you have conservatives, I mean, you you know, we hang out with a lot of uh, more right-leaning members of the entertainment industry, and you have conservatives who personally use lots of drugs, and you have conservatives who are gay, you have conservatives Mm -hmm. who uh, really just, you know, some of them really just believe that Israel deserves to not be wiped off the face of the map, and they want lower taxes, and then you have people who are entirely social conservatives. so it, it is. You're right. It's, it's a much bigger tent than and that's why the term liberal, I would say, is inaccurate. Yeah, You have to say leftist because by definition, people think liberal means, well, open liberal, free flow yeah. with ideas. And that's not the case now. I mean, just look at the uh, the Avengers controversy. I mean, if you want to talk about liberal being closed minded, they got furious that Captain America said Black Widow, who dresses like a slut, was a slut. Did you see that
5: one? I know. Yeah, that was i that was ridiculous. It's 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 again. It's like teacher, teacher. He called him a slut. It's like that's that's what it constantly is in Hollywood. It's 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 a bunch of us that have never grown up. I mean, there's a reason why they affectionately call it uh, La La because that's what that's the that's what you're living in is La La Land down here.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And even I would you say that it has progressed. I I would say this, and we obviously came up together. I mean, you remember taping my stand-up specials when I was, what, 17, 18 in Montreal, and I was using bits that if people, if I use now, would, I mean, people would start a march. And it wasn't even vulgar. It was just politically incorrect. I feel like a lot of the stuff I started doing stand-up with, I could not do nowadays. Do you feel like we're circling that drain much more quickly?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was talking about it the other day. Um, that I was on a, a series, uh, The Wingmen, which you know well, but probably yeah. your viewers don't know. Um, and there are stuff, we had a had this big screening uh, in Austin uh, uh, a couple ago for it, and there were things in this new version that were cut from rough cuts that we just, the guys said, you know, it just wouldn't work nowadays to PC to be able to do these jokes. And it's I mean, this like, is what really five, six years yeah, ago, It was like five years ago. And it's it's a totally different landscape now where you, it's just comedians are worried about being politically correct, which shouldn't be the case ever.
1: Well, but, but when you're liberal, it's OK. Yeah, You know, if you're the Sarah Silverman, if you go, if, if you if they know you're not conservative, they'll give you a little more leeway. But you know. now, you know, people like Dennis Miller and Norm Macdonald are jingoistic, and if you see the criticisms, you know, that that are are thrown toward them, it's it's really tough. I mean, comedy, it's – Jim Norton actually did a – he said a great example. He said it's, it's cultural landmines where you're like, you know, at some point one's going to get you now. It's, oh, I can't say this word, and oh, now the, the word tranny, and oh, now this word. And it's just going to blow you up because you don't know what you're allowed to say and what you can't say
5: yeah and i've said i've seen hollywood and seen comedians do stuff that's a little bit more conservative as soon as as soon as there's i forget the name of the guy but he's a writer for jimmy kimmel he started doing jokes about obama which weren't that politic political at all but the crowd went silent i was the one laughing hysterically in the crowd and if i see a comedian that's starting to, because of political correctness, I will purposely laugh louder than everyone, so somebody, somebody laughing at him.
1: Right, yeah, (laughs) it is true. And I mean, I remember remember when we saw Kathleen Madigan live, she's still one of my favorite comics. She does some of the funniest George Bush jokes you'll ever hear. She's as left as, I mean, she tours with Louis Black, and you and I have never had a problem with laughing at liberal comedy.
5: No, just, I say that all the time. It's just comedy's comedy. It's funny. If it's funny, it's funny. It doesn't matter what point of view it comes from. It's still going to be funny to me.
1: Right. Well, it's funny. You see this all the time on Twitter. People say, well, there's proof. Conservatives can't be funny. I've never in my life made the blanket statement that X group of people can't be funny.
5: Yeah. No, and, and conservatives kind of get that wrong, too. They always say, oh, you know, he's just a liberal. He's not funny. It's like, well, it's it, there's a reason why he's a comedian. It's funny. People, and it's, it's it's you can't just write off an entire political group just because you agree with them and say they're not funny.
1: Right, they do that with John Stewart a lot. And, like, that's one thing where conservatives go, we need a right version of the, oh, yeah, fund dip." You look like you're going to have.
0: There's not like a whole a- lot of Mennonite and Amish
5: comedians, though. <laughs>
0: it's just jokes about churning butter.
5: Yeah, it's a very they limited don't, genre. Yeah, they don't—they ha- can't do too much observational hu- uh, humor because they're like five things they do in a day. Plus, they, they can't
0: th- plug in a microphone. Yeah, the pop culture <laughs> references are really thin there.
1: <laughs> don't you hate it when your wooden cart wasn't lacquered properly? And it, it gets stained in the fall, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to have to clean this in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> and your wife doesn't shave her legs. But I'm, I'm, sh-
0: I do yeah. hate that.
1: <laughs> no, but it's true. Yeah. I don't believe in making those blanket statements. But I, I will the one thing I will say is I do believe that liberals, as a general rule, like you're seeing this here, have a really hard time laughing at themselves. Yeah. And I feel it's like making a joke about Barack Obama. You know, you can hear just their, them puckering up. Oh, they're making fun of him. And we just had a guest, right? He was asking, well, why have you been accused of being racist? I'm like, well, because I oppose Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah we've got to be more than that. No.
5: Yeah, it's it's gotten out of hand. I, and we talked about this before. Where, I mean, we've grown up in Canada, where the the race issue hasn't wasn't really mu- a thing, really, that we grew up with. And it's just in the last couple of years, it's just constantly on edge about uh, the political correctness and just the whole the racial division going on now. It's just ridiculous.
1: Well, I remember my I remember Tony Camacho was my first manager. Anyone who works in comedy knows he booked Rascals out in New Jersey. And, um, you know, he was a black guy and I lived with him for months. And the reason he signed me was the last word of my stand-up act was the N-word. Remember back then it was referring to a French rap song. It was an actual song where you heard the N-word in the song. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have to go to a break here soon. So I want to provide context okay. to that. Trotter <laughs> will be back. <laughs> you don't want that
5: to be time. your last word. All right.
1: Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 saying, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. who doesn't dancing the happy songs i'll tell you who environmentalist that's who it's funny we're <laughs> back with my brother my brother Jordan Crowder hello hello who uh, seems to have fixed his mic problem now and he had a funny story Well, we cuz we came in on the tail end of the environmentalist discussion people who actually openly call for the deaths of humans up at lidarwithcredit.com jordan tell your little uh, your little
4: tidbit there
5: yeah it was just it's just as... This- what happens in Hollywood is we, we were sitting around the craft table and I kind of walked into a conversation where a girl was talking about abortion and, you know, I don't know if I'd do it if I was in that situation. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't, but the world is just so overpopulated already. And that was kind of what she would, was using to justify abortion. And I actually just kind of in the conversation just threw out the statistic that this pretty common most people know now about how you could fit the entire world's population into the state of texas and it still wouldn't be as densely populated as manhattan and she just looked at me and went ew and then didn't (laughs) talk to me the rest of the shoot and like that's not even like that's not even that political that's just a fact and just it just shows you that People are hypersensitive out here to anything that doesn't agree with what they've been told. Right. It, well, it's not... And, and,
1: <laughs> she didn't even write any kind of an argument.
5: No, like, just if she, were, do.
1: if she were to say, ew, I don't want to live in New York. That's why I live in LA. You know, fine. But she, did, she didn't She did even back up her. There state. was no reason. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're going off the edge. Oh, let me provide context to that last thing. So my manager was Tony Camacho, who actually books... Um, I think Tony books Brad Garrett's comedy club out in uh, in Vegas now at the Tropicana. Um, good guy. We're still friends. But I remember he called me and he goes, not only, I, you know, I want to sign you not just because I, you're funny. He said, but it takes, it takes brass balls to end your bit with the N word. <laughs> and he was laughing and it wasn't racist at all. I was actually condemning French Canadian ignorant racism. Remember I said like, you know, yeah, you know, these French kids use these words. they don't even know the meaning. And you know, hear that on the radio, like actual songs where there would be, cuss words. I'm going to have to try and do like the, the cuss, not cuss words that could be on radio, but you'd be hearing a song on uh, at Music Plus, and it'd be like, puis je vais te montrer comme ça, quand je va puis le bitch, puis je vais te montrer comme ça, puis je kick your ass, puis je va faire comme ça, puis tu vas montrer dans la building Québec, puis New York City. And you'd be like, uh, so there are a few English words, only the N-word was often peppered in there. <laughs>
0: yeah, what the heck
1: was that? That was me speaking French. But I mean, what is it? what was the song about? Oh, I was just making
0: up stuff. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, that was, you were singing a real French song. <laughs>
1: no, nah, I don't remember. I remember Sans Pression.
0: J'ai-tura.
1: Sans Pression. There was de Jordan remembers.
5: Yeah, that was. I was actually looking that up the other day. I can't believe that was a thing.
1: <laughs> D natural. Molno. D natural. Okay, people are going to get mad. What is this?
2: <laughs> the terrorists have taken over
0: <laughs> 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 It's like War of the Worlds, but French. It's like, okay, folks. That was French, not Urdu. You're fine. <laughs> uh, no, you're you're right. And I
1: think the big thing, Jordan, we talk about this, like Robert Downey Jr. Um, first off, I know this reporter. I was talking about this. He was at the Value Voter Summit, and I, I, I'm pretty sure he's gay. I could be wrong. And he was trying to ask me about the gay marriage thing. I, well, why do you why do you think there's such an anti-gay sentiment here? And I was just like, Well, I I don't think that's the case. And he asked me about something that someone else had said. I said, Well, that's not representative of my view. And it was a very reasonable interview and so it never saw the light of day <laughs> and he went on, <laughs> he went on down the trail so this guy is known for being kind of a hack with that stuff he was actually very friendly but
5: yeah
1: um so i know him and i, I know that context robert downey was probably primed and it was his publicist who had him walk out on the interview but i feel like in the entertainment industry and we've talked about this for someone to just go ill and walk away at any other party right jordan any other party if you someone expresses an opinion and you respond politely and they just go, ew, and walk away. People go, hey, oh, oh, oh don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's rude. That's really yeah. rude of you. But in Hollywood, it just goes completely unchallenged.
5: Yeah, that's that's the thing about being a Hollywood liberal is that it's – I always call it like it an efficient worldview because they don't have to – there's no maintenance involved with it. It's like, yeah, oh, I'll be a liberal and I don't have to – to be challenged or think about it. Everyone around me is a liberal. So it's just a very safe, easy worldview to have.
0: Right. And um, they
5: just, they never, ever get challenged.
0: That's true. Fundip. Yeah. What does it mean when you just walk up to people at a party, say, hi, I'm fundip. And they say, ew. And then they walk away.
1: <laughs> That's to be expected. Fundip. Oh,
0: I was just curious about that. I, I was like, that happens all the that, time. Yeah.
1: We call that yeah. appropriate.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, no, you're, it's kind of like the Bill Burr talked about. You know, you don't want to be the guy who owns a boat. He's talking about having a show, though. You want to be the guy who comes onto the boat, right? You just bring your six pack. You come to the boat party. Yeah, high five. and You have the maintenance. The liberal yeah. is the guy coming to the boat party, right? So <laughs> benefit, and they all, ha- and then they're gone. And it's the conservative who's got to scrub it down, who's got to put down the anti spider plants, who has to make sure they're on top of their information. Because, like you said, I mean, Jordan, listen, I'm not outing you as more conservative. Um, I certainly don't want to misrepresent you, but I think it's pretty safe to say. And you're constantly having to defend your view every time you're on set.
5: It's true. And, and, And I've gotten to a point where I think for a while I was trying to downplay it a little bit, but then I'd get on Facebook or Twitter and see all my Hollywood friends posting constantly, littering the news feed with this propaganda that was incorrect all the time, that I just had to start... Being another voice, you know, because there's, there's, there's no, no one else in this industry is seeing that they're constantly in this little bubble. They think everyone thinks like them. And and it's weird because all these people are from other parts of the country, yet they come to Hollywood and they just they become that way, and I think it's. It also has to do with maybe a type of personality that goes into the film business. It tends to be very narcissistic. self-centered, and not narcissistic, and 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 then just a sense of having to belong all the time is kind of that personality that that goes into the movie business. But please I, I always cast say,
1: me.
2: <laughs> I'll go in the casting couch.
5: I always say this kind of like a it, it's you hear about people that are difficult to work with in Hollywood. Um, and I always look into those people when you hear that guy's a jerk or that guy's difficult to work with. I'm like, wait, why does, why do these people not like that guy? That's what I, that's what that, that goes up in my head. And it makes me think of like that Adam Ant song that the, I I want those to get to know me, to be admirers of my enemies. It's like, well, why is, why are these guys an enemy? And a lot of the times you realize, oh, they, they are a, they are a conservative. They've got more conservative leanings. They just don't like their politics.
1: Like so, uh, Vince Vaughn and yeah, uh, uh, gosh, Bruce Reese, Willis, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon Ooh. was with Vince Vaughn, and she was furious. First off, Reese Witherspoon is in a new. Co- if Reese Witherspoon is in a comedy not named Legally Blonde, one, <laughs> it's going to be a must miss. Election great, was good movie. though. Ele- uh, election. That's true. That's true. Too, that's yeah. true. That, that was when she was young, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Um, before the forehead disproportionately. I mean, she could be a Bork on Star Trek now. She literally no makeup needed.
5: Um, she looks like of a the little on. alien in Men in Black when the brain opens up. And then- <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> she
1: she kind of looks like if Gazoo from the Flintstones got the Michael Jackson whitewashed.
2: Great Gazoo.
1: Yeah, she's just gonna come down and be like, "Hello, dum Dumb."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways now that we've gotten the ad hominem out of the way but she got furious with Vince Vaughn because Vince Vaughn went off book remember and I'm like yeah. that's why you pay Vince Vaughn I mean what, yeah. you saw the ride you bought a ticket anyway anyone who's like I'm casting the Vince Vaughn movie you go well and you throw the script away you know yeah. Um, and, and it turns out obviously he then came out and endorsed Ron Paul he's now worked with Glenn Beck uh, he's conservative that was a perfect example of that
5: yeah and there's it's just the other I was on On Twitter last week, another uh, comedian had tweeted about how he walked off stage. Because um, somebody in the audience said uh, Hillary lied about their emails. Well, they were doing a a, a a bit about Hillary Clinton, and I don't know if you've been to improv shows, but it's very interactive. They get feedback from the audience. Yeah, it's not stand up. It's not stand up. They're getting. They're trying. They're trying to work off the audience for material. The guy just and this is a this is like a well-known comedian, founder of a big improv, uh, a, you know big improv school that everybody goes through. And he just he just could, didn't have a sense of humor about it. Like these people out here, they they have no clue about all the scandals behind Hillary Clinton. Yet they've already just come out and supported her. Everyone on uh, that I see in my news feeds in Hollywood are like, "Oh, Hillary Clinton, this is going right. to
1: be great." Now it's time, just like it was time. Well, they all supported Hillary Clinton until they threw her under the bus because they're like, "Well, geez, woman or black guy? <laughs> black guy is the Trump card." And now now yeah. there's that awkward moment, right where. Every single person who was racist is now sexist. That's I, the new argument. Do you yeah. feel like that's a big thing now and how like there's a real pickup of feminism and the whole oh, yeah. sexist accusations?
5: Oh yeah. yeah. It's all it's all day long I'm seeing especially from women comedians. That they're just—they're uh, just, they're posting this feminist stuff. You see the the what you call it the the that website, the Zoe Deschanel's website, and Amy Poehler's website, and all those like that's my newsfeed is littered with their sharing of just reiterating all this feminist garbage.
1: Oh, I know. And it's, it's third way, you know the real feminist out there is Patricia Heaton, who they hate.
5: Because. Yeah. What, what? Or people it, like Dana Lash or anyone that's not in Hollywood. Right. It's just what?
0: it's such a drag because I love Zoe Deschanel with her singing and with the characters she plays. But my goodness, she spews a bunch of crap. She's an idiot. No. But she's an She's un-attacked. a cute idiot though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she she's you know she's a perfect example
1: of some There are some people who are you know bullies. She is legitimately uh, an unintelligent person who has not thought about how to defend her positions. Boy, she no. can
0: sing though. Love her voice. Yep.
1: Your damn yep. takeaways are always the wrong <laughs>
0: takeaways. Fun dip. Well, I, I, the, there's the art, and then there's the person. You can defend the That's art. That's the thing with Fun Dip.
1: No matter what you're talking about, it comes back to Punani.
0: I no, will say, seriously, this. her voice. I love her singing voice, and I love when she's in a role. But when I see her in an interview, she's an idiot.
1: Yep, yep, yep. yep. What was it? Your Miss Pac Man? That's what you're doing.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> the show, the show, though, new girl that she's on does tend to be a little more balanced than a lot of this stuff out there. I mean, they did that whole, the Mitt Romney episode. It was very funny. And it was very tasteful. respectful. Yeah. And they do that a lot. They kind of, they do kind of make fun of both sides more so than a lot of the sitcoms. But I'm surprised because she's at the helm of it, but it's, you know, anyway,
1: well, uh, the Goldbergs, we talked about that, you know, they handled the the Reagan Mondale election and they did it in a way that was completely apolitical. Um, the daughter was Mondale, the mom was Reagan, and they didn't bash either candidate. It was just, it was a great way, it's a perfect example on how you can deal with something through entertainment without
0: being polarized. Right? Yeah, It was yeah, sad exactly. that Erica was for Mondale, though, because she's one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> Tell us why she's your favorite, Fun Dip. Let's go back to that, you creepy <laughs>
0: bastard. <laughs> she's the cutest girl ever.
5: <laughs> All right. This is kind of taking a weird turn this here. Is, this place <laughs> is a nightmare.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, but um, Adam Goldberg actually retweeted Fundip because he's a crazy super fan. So Fundip was pretty happy about that. But oh, wow. uh, you're right. You're right. There are a lot of bullies. And the sexism thing now is, is is really big in the entertainment industry. I mean, I just I just couldn't handle it. I told You remember my story when talking with a guy on a set of a family sitcom drama, we'll say. I remember that conversation I told you I had a- with a guy about South Park.
5: Oh yeah, he had no clue. He had
1: no clue. He was like, "It's so funny." I said, "Yeah, I love the way they make fun of liberals and hippies." He was like, "What?" I said, oh, you know, I just love the way they sort of lampoon the hippies and liberals. And he goes, "Uh, I think, I think you've missed it." <laughs> I said, "No, you've missed it. They clearly." He's like, "It's satire." I said, "Yeah, it's satire of," and he was a director. And then I was—I yeah. literally got a call from my agent that I was difficult to work with. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, if the shoe fits.
1: i am difficult to work with but not because of that well jordan we want to talk with you real quick about this um you've heard of the you know the ferguson play there in la that a bunch of actors just walked yeah yeah and that's for those who don't know ferguson play by philip and macalini she's been on the show he'll be on the show they're doing a play about ferguson and it's just actual testimony and transcripts from the trial and information from the autopsy so it's Good. really in that sense it's sort of experimental theater where it's yeah, entirely taken from the transcripts and some actors walked. And the quote that I thought was most telling was one of the actors said, "Well, I I felt like I couldn't be a part of it because they were pushing their agenda of the truth and the truth is subjective to
5: everyone." Yeah, that was that was, complete,
0: that was complete <laughs> even though it's arty- based on this
5: on the transcripts I couldn't I couldn't believe that when I read that quote. I was like, "They actually published this this quote?" <laughs> That's and the guy yes. felt good about it. Yeah.
1: Like, that just shows you how ignorant a Hollywood actor is, a liberal yeah. Hollywood actor, where the truth is subjective to anyone. Okay, let me read you back what you said. The truth is subjective. Yeah, that's a good one. Put that in there, dumbass.
5: <laughs> I like that there's, like, this remaining cast that that are probably all still liberals, but they just really need the work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's either this or pornography.
0: <laughs> I I would do the latter if somebody called. I wouldn't hold my breath.
5: <laughs> That's the thing. You'll see conservatives do liberal work or be like because they understand. Oh, this is the point of view of this project or whatever, and they could they could set themselves aside from the project and know you know and and and. And play the role in a way that's you, that they feel is honest for the character and right. not drop out of it.
1: Well, Again, that goes back to conservatives. It's, it's a big tent. They're open to – I mean, listen, I work with liberals all the time. You work with people you disagree with all the time, and you just learn to deal with it. But liberals are the cool kids' table, and unless you follow lockstep, you don't get to sit there. Jordan, we have to go to a break, so where can people best – find you, brother.
5: Uh, they could find me on Twitter at Jordan Crowder or on my website, jordancrowderfilms.com.
1: You know what I realized? I just said brother because I say that all the time, but in this case, literally, brother. <laughs> so thanks, Jordan. We'll have you back some other time. of with Crowder. Stay tuned. We'll wrap all right. this all up for you in a nice little bow. A conservative bow because it's red. Liberal bow
0: You're listening to Louder with Crowder. The strangest animal on the radio, the internet, you name it. Steven Crowder, Louder with Crowder.
1: Thank you so much. You sounded winded, Fun Dip.
0: (laughs) I've been dancing up a storm in this joint, man. I'm Uh, getting getting into it. My coffee is kicked in. I'm like...
1: I know. It took you this long. You should get coffee earlier, so that way the first half of the show, I don't have to... Well, it is my show, so I should carry the whole thing. But then what happens (laughs) is I get into a rhythm. You know, there are rhythms and margins. And then you just
0: cut in because it's like, oh, my coffee kicked in. Now it's my show. But the only only way I could get the coffee earlier is if someone starts the IV of it before I wake up. Stop at White Castle. (laughs)
2: <laughs> they
1: have coffee there. Oh. By the way, we do have a lot of fun on this show. And you know who even recognized it? Bill Bennett.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. Bill Bennett was saying that we're fun and silly or something.
1: Which is is that what he said? Silly?
0: <laughs> I think so. Well, yeah.
1: But he was referencing the interview we had with a psychiatrist on marijuana. Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because we were him there on Friday. You know, we like Bennett. He just he takes Fridays off and he's a fill-in host, and so we come in. So it's it's nice that he was able to recognize that it's a fun show and uh, you know, thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. Or Dr. Bennett. I wonder if he's the kind of guy who demands... Have you met him? I met him. He's a super nice guy. I met him... Uh, well, I didn't really... He was at the CPAC. And at this point, it was the Jonathan Crone era where he had written the foreword to the kid's book, who's now a liberal at Columbia. And so he was kind of... From what I remember, they were kind of out in there. He seemed very reclusive.
0: Oh, he came right up to Matt Clark and me. And he said, I can tell you guys are the radio guys. And then he stood there drinking, you know, like a glass of wine or whatever it was with us.
1: Oh. Well, pretty cool. I've been doing radio for a long time. But uh, there was something I was going to say, and then I forgot what it was that I was going to say. We were talking about it. We were talking about the entertainment industry. We were talking about the political correctness today. So you now have people protesting that some fictional superheroes, actors who play the Avengers, referred to another fictional character, Black Widow, uh, who dresses particularly provocatively. That's that's her only superpower is breasts. And they referred to her as a slut. You forgot
0: jo- you forgot her other superpower. Her backside. Her backside. Does Black Widow you're
1: a, does Black Widow legitimately have any superpowers, or is she just supposed to be like a really effective spy?
0: I think she's just a really effective spy from what I can recall. I don't, I don't remember any major superpowers from her. I haven't read her stuff, but I've seen her in the movies. Well,
1: that's why feminists are primed and ready, because it's already a lie, right, that a woman, any woman, could be an effective spy taking on men in hand-to-hand combat. It's just not true. Now listen, if it were a heavyweight woman, let's say a 210-pound woman who didn't look like Scarlett Johansson, of course, a giant woman who were fighting completely untrained bantamweight
0: men, maybe. What if she was a very small woman with a blade in her shoe, like Rosa Klebb?
1: Yeah, but the whole point, that's not what's happening here. Oh, yeah. They're, they're fighting men who are other trained spies. And having wrestled with Olympians, with female Olympians. Oh, we've even had a female Olympians on this show. Um, and I'm a hobbyist. It's not even close. So that's why feminists were primed and ready for the Avengers deal. That's why liberals are primed and ready with Robert Downey Jr. What it is with Hollywood and political correctness, and this is very important because politics are always downstream from culture, liberals have a stranglehold on Hollywood. It is their territory, and they will do anything to protect it. They want to make sure that it can be used as a political machine That's why you're seeing right now with Hillary Clinton, the narrative is everything is sexist. Everything is is chauvinistic. Your, your, Your cisgender male white privilege is showing. They have their territory, they want to defend it, and if you stray from their narrative, their worldview at all, you aren't welcome. Make no mistake, there is a war of ideas out there. There's a war for information, there's a war for your mind with the entertainment industry, and it is diametrically opposed to that of freedom. Louder with Crowder. See you next week.